fucking back to the BF tangent. That exploded my eardrums, Jeremy. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Freddy. Yo. Okay, quick question. Pop quiz. Go. Freddy, how many guitarists does it take to change the light bulb? Six inches. Oh, I thought you were going to ask the size of his penis. But, um, <laughs> how many guitarists, what? How many guitarists does it change, take the, take to change the light bulb? <laughs> Fuck's me, bro. One when it's guitarist and composer Jeremy Williams from Tall Tree Studios. <laughs> it should only take one. And may I say, Jeremy, you can come to my place and change my light bulb any day. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy and Tall Tree are sponsoring our podcast. You can check out Jeremy Williams' music on Facebook and YouTube or go to the website. We'll leave links in the show's notes. In the notes. So, nice. Who else sponsors us, bro? Well, (laughs) you just always rush me. (laughs) Uh, Overexertion, they're an excellent clothing sponsor of ours. Um, www.overexertion.com.au I wasn't finished. I was just joining in. So, I um, quickly had a massive day at work today. Didn't Mm. go home till 6. We're, it's 7.30 right now and we're, we're on the podcast, but um, didn't go home till 6, raced in, had a quick shower, threw on my, um, my red overexertion success never rest shirt. What's the material makeup of that, do you know? Oh, I think it's like a, oh, don't, you put it's, me on the spot. It's cotton spandex. It's cotton spandex. <laughs> I was going to get real legit and whip out like proper percentage. Yeah, 25% spandex, I think. Oh, now you just embarrassing it me. Is 75%. But anyway, so, you know, it's good enough to wear with a pair of longs. You'll see it in our, in our photo if you check our Twitter feed, yeah. which is at the BF Tangent on Twitter. And um, yeah, so I look awesome. You look okay. Sweet. And our, and our Insta is at overexertion. Yeah. So get on that shit as well. Check it out. We've got like a bazillion followers. <laughs> Sweet. Today on the um, today on the Tangent, we got uh, Phil Cosgrove. Um, really good guy for talking about CrossFit military well, any, yeah, anything a, just knows no. he's, he's a gym owner and he's 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 served which we all we all owe every all of our soldiers a lot so that gives us the opportunity to be here and do what we're doing so yeah we're really interested to have him on today and we can't wait he knows a bit about everything so yeah it'll be a good good tangent all right sweet so we've got phil cosgrove here um like we said in the intro knows a lot about a lot so it'll be good to have a chat with him phil how's it going mate yeah, good, thanks, mate. That was a kind introduction. Um, <laughs> happy to be here. and I do know a lot about a lot. Well, actually, that's that's not true. I know uh, a little bit about a lot. That's how we and originally that's introduced yeah. you, mate. A little bit about a lot. Yeah, yeah it's all bullshit. <laughs> we had, actually had um, Mad Dog down at um, down at the gym yesterday talking good shit behind your back but um, she was she came up to me in class that's and, a nice change yeah yeah <laughs> when she was when we were coaching and she's like she's like there's sometimes I just think Phil's a, like a bit of a, a genius um, and I'm like why is that and he's like because the other day he disappeared for 10 minutes went into the office and then came out and said yeah I just had to finish the last 100 pages of my book and she was like you're gone for fucking 10 minutes oh, I don't know Time moves, uh, time moves differently with Mad Dog, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bit of a backstory for everyone. Phil actually owns a gym at, at Mitchelton. It's called CrossFit Mitchelton, and that's where Freddie and I both train. And um, how did you sort of come to start the gym, mate? Oh, by accident completely. Um, I, uh, you know, for the first uh, decade and a little bit of my adult life was all about uh, being a soldier. So I was in the army for nine years and um, that was all I wanted to do. Um, you know, I, I sort of uh, grew up in an army family and there was sort of uh, not pressure there, but you know, when you, when you sort of grow up in the life 
uh, for, for that long, you, you know, it just becomes the thing that you want to do and you can't sort of see anything else. So you've got tunnel vision for it. I'm sure you guys know, you've probably had similar sort of, uh, similar things with your racing and your footy, you know, like yep. you, it's all you want to do. And then, um, you know, the evolution of things. Uh, so I was in the army for a while and the evolution of things is, as, as, as time goes on and your priorities change a little bit, you sort of, uh, you know, your, your family sort of becomes more important to you and establishing yourself. Um, I, I was lost. I had no idea. How many times, but just for that, how many times you go on tour, Phil? Uh, okay, so I, I, um, I toured um, East Timor and I toured Iraq. So I only had two trips, which yep. is, um, you know, if you're talking to someone that was in the army in the... Uh, sort of 80s and 90s, they'd say, wow, two trips. But uh, in today's army, you know, we've got guys that have been on, you know, eight or nine deployments, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, Timor, uh, repeatedly, you know. And if you're talking about non-combat soldiers, that's sometimes even more, you know, to to sort of areas that aren't aren't sort of designated conflict zones. Yeah. Are those long trips? Uh, My ones were six months. Yeah, so just a pair of six-month trips. you know, and it varies depending on what's going on. Um, I, I've got, uh, just after I left, um, the, the, the guys that I'd, I'd been working with um, went away to uh, Afghanistan and they were away for 10 months, which is, which is epic. You know, it's a, it's a really long trip. Uh, you don't often see that in the Australian Army these days. But um, yeah, they were away for 10 months in, in the GAN and, and probably the most um, hectic kind of um, warlike situation that Australian troops have been in for a while so so, so as in traumatic hectic or ah uh, yeah oh, yeah yeah well I'm traumatic yeah I mean so I guess it's the job you know but um yeah it was the 2010 uh, Afghanistan tour um that was right at the point I was sort of establishing you know CrossFit and getting into CrossFit and all that sort of thing so it was uh tough for me to watch that um on four corners and you know all the shows that were going on at the time yeah, yeah. it seemed you know every uh every other week there was uh someone I knew you know, either being seriously uh, injured or, or killed over there. So, um, yeah. So that was it. Was a pretty um, that was sort of just after I got out. So it's like um, you could imagine, Christian. You know, with, with your footy, you sort yeah. of, when you, when you have a season off and you see the blokes <laughs> that you, you you play with playing. Um, you know, it's, you get cold feet. Yeah, you so. feel like you just want to jump back in. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. But when you went when you went to Iraq. Yep. Um, was that when it was uh that that's when it was going off? Yeah, that was that was during the war. Yeah, that was a tough time. Um, that was uh, I was there in uh, late two thousand and five, early two thousand and six. Um, which so the invasion was two thousand and three, and um, the insurgency over there didn't really get on its feet until um a little later when you know it, it, I don't know if you guys are sort of into this. There's a great doco if you, if you want to sort of know about the Iraq War and, and what it was like when I was there. Um, called Only the Dead. Uh, by a guy named Mike Ware, an Aussie journalist. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was right at the point where Al-Qaeda Iraq um, were establishing themselves. Um, and there's a, a, the leader of that was a famous sort of terrorist named Al-Zakawi. Um, so yeah, when we were there, it was right in the thick of when they were building up to, uh, to a crescendo of violence. Uh, it was their first, uh, you know, a couple of weeks in, it was uh, when we, a couple of weeks into our tour, it was the first democratic election that they'd held since Saddam had been ousted. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we'd wake up in the morning and we were in this um, unfinished high-rise apartment block that had a sort of 360 view of, um, of Baghdad. You'd wake up after morning prayers and from morning prayers to shut down in the afternoon, there was, uh, you know, you'd, you'd get 21 to, 21 to sort of 30 
um, vehicle-borne IEDs, explosives, sort of going on in the horizon around you. You know, wow. like I said, just all day, every day, it was. That's unreal. a city on fire. So, yeah. yeah. So IED, as in uh, imp- improvised explosive device. So it's just oh, okay, a suicide, yeah. suicide bomber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For want of a better, a better word, yeah. <laughs> more often than not. Uh, other times, you know, they just um, the explosions were just um, traps that had been laid. Yeah, yeah. So that were set off, um, set off by you know someone calling a mobile phone to trigger it or whatever yeah. as a convoy went past. But yeah. Yeah. So, like, did you sort of have any issues with trauma, like post-traumatic stress? Um, you know, like you mentioned the Four Corners, which yeah, is basically yeah, about yeah. PTSD. Yeah, like, yeah. Did you have any issues with that? Oh, yeah. Look, um, it was interesting when you when you get home from something serious like that. It's um. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm going to take a deep already. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, we'll tell the jokes after. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah uh, it's only, it's been five minutes, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight ahead. I'm going to start weeping. Uh, uh, look, um, yeah, when I got home there, you know, like all, all soldiers will tell you, when you get home from um, a, a deployment that's pretty serious, you, you're, you're switched on or, you know, even it's hard to put your finger on, but, you, you know, you're on the job the whole time you're there, even, mm. you know, even when you've got downtime, you know, there's, there's that feeling of, of being somewhere that's, um, you know, very important. You know that yeah, you yeah. Uh, that you you know that you operate and work in a kind of you know certain ways, a certain vigilance. Yeah. Um, and, and when you come home from that, uh, <clears throat> there's, there's often a, a, a large group of you will you know get back home, and you'll instantly go back to your families and all yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. And um, it, it, no one sort of t- you know that's how it feels at the time is no one really understands what you've just done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, despite all the well wishes and people sort of, you know, civilian mates sort of patting you on the back or whatever and, you know, everyone sort of, you want to tell the story but, you know, you feel you're probably not, you know, you're not going to get it across. So yeah, yeah. a lot of the time, you know... You, like story as in the good and the bad or...? Oh, the good and the bad, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, okay. and just what it was like and trying to convey sort of, you know, what you did and all that sort of thing. And most people are interested to a point and then past that point they're sort of like, yeah, okay, sort of... You know, oh, really? get a little bit bored with it you know i mean that's fair enough that's human nature you know if there's if it's not something that you can easily relate, relate to yeah. it, you know you can unless the story's told you know uh in an animated way it's you're not gonna you're not really gonna listen past a certain point you know past the sort of small talk thing and that's quite often what people want to hear is just a just a quick yeah yeah quick summary of what you did but it's quite important to you that's why I, I find it so interesting, though, because I know nothing about it. Like, the mm. army, that world, I know nothing yeah. about, so I want to get in yeah, yeah. you know? So, so, just to give you some context here, like, so, you know how I talked about the music therapy stuff last week? Yeah. So... It was actually the week before, mate. Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. It was in the past. But anyway, so basically, as well as, well as running the studio, I do music therapy. And yeah. so, my first 10 years was working with Vietnam veterans, like, yeah, with post-traumatic stress. Yeah. And so, some of those guys... Like, even if they didn't have direct combat, just the stress and adrenaline of being in that situation for a year changed them basically for 30 years, like over a long period of time. So, so basically, yeah, if you're hyper aroused constantly, you know, which you would have been mm. Afghanistan and all that sort of stuff. So, but I guess what interests me as well is like, you know, like what, what's your experience of like some guys are affected really badly, other guys weren't. I mean, I mean that four corner stuff. I was really interested in to hear that, but it sounds like it hasn't damaged you. Whereas some other guys, it seemed to damage quite a lot. So, oh, look, you know, I, I you know, damage is a 
I mean, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, there are, there are, I guess there are degrees of, of what you experience, you know, I think if, um, you know, you're close to someone who, who is killed, um, and, and I mean, close to it in a physical proximity, not, not just, you know, friends with them. Um, if you're on the spot when, when, uh, a life is taken, you know, um, and they're taken in such strange and awkward and unexpected um, yeah, yeah, times yeah. and places. Uh, you know, I had a couple of guys in, in, in my battalion in that on that 2010 Afghanistan trip who um, were doing push-ups on the other side of a Bushmaster, and they um, they did a push-up on a on a mine. Jesus. Uh, so uh, I mean, you know, that, the, the, the guys that were with them, um, I understand wholeheartedly that they're that they're going to have issues that they'll need to work through for the rest of their lives. I, I uh, personally um, was involved in a, a couple of incidents um, of, of I'll call it terrorism. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a battle in Iraq. It was, uh, it was opportunistic, uh, opportunistic um, traps and and or what we experienced, um, you know, the suicide suicide bombing. Um, it's a little different, you know, the context of that, you know, terrorism. For the most part, you, you, you say that terrorists aren't interested in hard targets, um, and, and you would class a fortified building a, a pretty hard target. But the way it was is we were, you know, we had a, um, a, a freeway or highway sort of main road, arterial road in front of our, running alongside our building. And uh, every day traffic would go back and forth. You know, there was a median strip and um, there was no control of, of flow of traffic or anything like that. So This is the same high rise you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, the, the one that we were, um, the, our, our barracks and, and sort of the, our vantage point that we'd guard the Australian embassy with. Yeah. Um, which was right next door. It was a bungalow next door. Uh, and anyway, so this this traffic would flow past all day, every day. You know, and within our within our sort of duties, we'd we'd be watching everything that was going on in in the you know on a picket point. Might be 180 degrees. You'd be your arcs would be covered by say three guys. Anyway, I was looking directly down uh, down this sort of uh, freeway and a and a, um, a Mack truck or, or bigger than a three ton so you know like they're quite like not a Mack truck not quite a semi but anyway it was just going down the street there was normal sort of flow of traffic for that time of day i was um kind of having an argument with uh with with my mate slash uh, section commander about whatever it was you know probably something <laughs> silly he was a kiwi so we'd, we're always getting Good arguments enough. about footy and things like that so. Hang on, shoot, honey. and we were you know we were in one of our heated kind of you know disagreements you know sort of uh Kiwi versus Aussie disagreements, and um, <laughs> and uh, as we were talking, you, you know, this this truck eased into the building. It was uh, had a bloke driving it, and he um, detonated a. At that point, it, I think it was one of our EOD guys, the explosive guys, who did the you know the post mortem on the on the scene. Said it was the, one of the biggest bombs that had uh, been detonated in Baghdad to that point. Wow. Which is it was big. It was actually in a place called the Karada district, which recently got hit again, and they killed. It was a shopping district. Uh, and they killed something like a, it was a, over two hundred people in this most recent one. Yeah, right. But yeah, anyway, so this truck drove in, blew up. Uh, I think what they were expecting to do was because our building was, you know, tall enough, and and in the past, um, namely Beirut in the eighties in in Lebanon, uh, they'd knocked a, a marine barracks like ours down and it knocked the building down and killed everyone inside it just hoping for it to crumble yeah just hoping for it you know that would have been spectacular you know these guys are interested in 
in not just bombing things but maximum carnage and you know um you know a scene like <clears throat> terrorism is about you know Psychology. how spectacular you can make it how, yeah. how much you can instill fear so you know a building that falls down and kills you know 100 plus soldiers is, is it's you know, it's, yeah it's good stuff yeah that's what they're after um so the thing that the thing that saved us actually was the um stage of construction that the building was in it was uh so there were no windows um you know it was all sandbags for us you know and fortifications around the, the building and we'd board it up with wood um where we needed to but uh in the middle of the building was a big open atrium that's in the next stage of construction would have been closed with a roof yeah. um had the the blast um, being captured or, or, or held inside the building by yeah. the closed atrium would have knocked the building down. Wow, it's amazing. So, yeah, it's a ton like it went, pressure. It went up and through. Yeah, right. um, yeah right. and, and it's pretty great. Like, you know, you, you can still uh, Google images, this stuff, and, and uh, you get all the newspaper articles, and you can see the, the, the tower of, um, of, you know, debris and dust and explosion. Mm. Great luck. That, yeah. it had, that it had kicked up, so... Um, it, this bloke that I was talking to just disappeared before my eyes. I, I was throwing about... Uh, 12 to 15 meters um, yeah, right. you know, across this you know this sort of open open floor that I was uh, I was uh, up in the guys the snipers who were a level above us looked down and said oh they're dead <laughs> like they're in trouble there's nothing there um, I thought because the bloke the bloke disappeared in front of my face um, I, I thought he was gone and so did he did was it just like dust and just rubbish yeah it was like uh, you can imagine just just years and years of uh, like pigeon shit yeah you know like everything <laughs> that, you know like all the just dust that you you know if you picture a, a building that's barely done and then left in in um <clears throat> left just you know with the windows open and all that sort of thing yeah. for however long it's that that kind of crap that was in there yeah. and, but it's uh it's baghdad too so you know every uh every second day you've got a dust storm coming off the desert that just sort of coats everything in sand so yeah. uh yeah it was it, you couldn't Crazy see for place. a while yeah it's nuts man oh, it's yeah. a terrible place tourism won't be good there for a while <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so yeah there were like to conclude the story you know, i was looked over the side once the dust cleared and they didn't manage to kill any australians which you know one of the luckiest things i mean yeah a company sergeant major had a um uh, air conditioning unit fall on his head <laughs> he was asleep he was asleep at seven in the morning i don't know why he was asleep but oh, yeah. anyway he so he had to go home he had a, a fractured neck but that was the most serious thing a military policeman had been um taking a piss at the urinal and the uh sandbag wall had pinned him into the urinal that was that was uh that was <laughs> cosmic karma too so and that uh, that truck that got in were they inspecting vehicles going in and out no nah, look we didn't have any kind of uh traffic control on that road uh, we, look, where we were was fucking dangerous, you know, um, considering the time and, you know, what was going on. It, it had been set up as a, as a you know, Australian outpost <clears throat> during, uh, straight after the 2003 invasion. And, and the sort of situational awareness from, you know, commanders and um, diplomats and politicians and all that sort of thing uh, at that 2003 point was, you know, things are good, we've just rolled Saddam. You know, Happy days. Yeah, we, we've got this. We'll just we'll set up now, and everything will be okay. They just didn't count on, uh, on Al Qaeda Iraq. Essentially, are uh, a Sunni group that evolved and and became uh, the Islamic State. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the, like the worst fucking people on the planet. Mm. Uh, so, but so, none. So was that yeah. like 
incident traumatic for you? Was that something that came back to you? Yeah, like I, I don't or? think so. Like, you know, you hear about the typical um, PTSD flashbacks, sort of yeah. things, yeah, flashbacks and, you know, getting the twitches and all that sort of thing. I mean, uh, it, it's it's a definitive moment for me, like in, in, a, in a big way. I, I feel, you know, so much of... Uh, of what I watch on the news and, and, you know, the current events I follow now have been shaped by that. So in what way was it definitive moment? Uh, so definitive in that, you know, I think, um, like anyone, I guess, anyone that's sort of been um, in a situation where they've been confronted with um, terrorism mm-hmm. uh, or, or, you know, an unexpected kind of blitz like that, I yeah. think, you know, it, it just you know, once you get context to it... Is so that, it kind of reaffirmed your mission? Is that, uh, is I, don't that know right? if I, I don't know if it's, a, like, reaffirmed the mission or anything like that. I just I just think now, like, every time... I mean, for years, you know, long before um, ISIS sort of became a, a topical event, um, you know, my generation of, uh, of people, you know, in the army, my generation of infantrymen... Um, I don't know where they get the shit, but they follow... They follow you know, what's going on in the Middle East really closely. And, and I mean, when I say they follow it, you know, we're talking about primary evidence. So for a long time, you know, ever since we were we were there, you know, ever since the advent of the camera phone, um, you know, you've got now combat and, and, you know, combat footage and war zone footage just always there for the taking. And I think like, uh, you know, guys, of, guys who are sort of, you know, friends of mine on social media and all that sort of thing started sharing you know, uh, the early, early um, resurgence of the Islamic State. And, uh, you know, that that initially was just kind of drive-by shootings where they'd pull up next to, you know, um, Shia Iraqis or, or you know, uh, opposing f- sort of Assad-type, um, you know, soldiers or whatnot on their weekends or whatever. You know, they'd pull up next to them and spray the car and... You know, when the car would crash off to the side of the road, someone would have a camera, the other two would have assault rifles and they'd run over and put the coup de grace on the people that were running away or whatever. And I mean, we, we saw that from the start. So, you know, that I don't know why, you know, it's, it's one of those sort of things like a moth to flame. You're kind of drawn to it when it comes up on your Facebook feed. And when you went over there, mm. you weren't seeing that kind of stuff before you got over there. Like, obviously... Yeah, d- the thing that I saw over there that sort of like got me charged up was, um, there, was a, there was a journalist named Daniel Pearl uh, that was like just straight after um, 2002 um, when the states went into uh, Afghanistan. Uh, Daniel Pearl was a um, journalist for the Wall Street Journal and he was uh, kidnapped in uh, Pakistan uh, near the border of Afghanistan. And uh, so he was the first, the first um, televised uh, beheading yeah, right. uh, in, the, in the, you know, the halal slaughter way where they cut cut the neck and, mm. and then saw the rest of the head off and um you know it was a grainy you know it's not, not like today's yeah. uh, today's footage but it was yeah, you know it wasn't it, shot in hd <laughs> no but it, it, it was enough it was enough it uh it made me sort of like i, I thought well these guys are for real you know they're, they're serious yeah serious sort of people and they you know uh, al-qaeda iraq it didn't really happen much again until this Sakawi guy who you know those guys they were also just as a side point they were the ones that um, claimed the uh, the bombing of the our building, you know. They, so they, you know, put a put planted a flag there and said, yeah, you know, that was us. So hmm. uh, knowing that and knowing sort of who these guys have become, you know, like I've I've followed them from the start. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a long way from 
yeah, like I just run a gym now, so I'm just just a guy with opinions. But uh, yeah, I, I I've watched these guys from the beginning, and it's um it's kind of scary the way it's you know it's becoming popular. Yeah, if that makes sense. But do you reckon if you were to go back now, Phil, you'd be going in with a totally different mindset because of the way that we're allowed we're able to see all this stuff? Yeah, now, and then like oh look, you know, I mean, it just personally you know like I, I just it'd be a it'd be a tough thing you know i'd, I'd need uh need a few things to fall apart in my life before i'd reconsider going uh reconsider going you know to uh to uh iraq again but I, and again i think you know it'd take huge shift in the in the um landscapes of politics and, and things like that and, and and world events to to get to a point where i'd want to go back you know yeah. I, I think you know Going over there and standing around waiting to be bombed and and, and shot at is uh, it's not altogether healthy, mm. yeah. you know. So I mean, whether whether it goes. So, so in what way was that? Um, you said it was like a defining moment, yeah. you know, like when that happened. Oh, I just so, think I just think you know that I feel sort of that the world, you know, yeah, everyone's got sort of opinions one way or the other, but I, I I've um, you know I I feel you know, in a lot of ways that uh, it's defined me or, or, or pushed me in a certain direction in that uh, I, I feel the world needs to um, get around political correctness to sort of deal with the problem. I don't, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not sort of an advocate of, um, you know, like, a, well, for a start, banning Muslim immigration completely, all that kind of stuff. I think, you know... Um, so it seems to me like it, it made you more sure of the mission. Is that right? Yeah. No. Well, not not really. I was sort of developing that as I go along. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it, and it's. I just think it, where it gets me is I, I, it's maybe not defining in in you know in in a sense because it makes me think <laughs> uh, everyone's getting it wrong. Like everyone is getting it wrong. Like, like you know. In what way? Uh, politicians are getting it wrong on both sides. So I think you know, like Pauline Hanson. Uh, man, come on, really, like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, she she just hasn't. Are you going to get her on the podcast? <laughs> she just hasn't done a homework. Not in my studio, motherfucker. We, we need to get Phil in here as well. <laughs> oh man, like you know, I mean, seriously, like she's she's talking about banning banning halal and all that sort of stuff. She's like a, a lady that hasn't done her research, and she just says, <laughs> no, what she I, just hopped on a bandwagon, yeah. man. Like when she was uh, when she was in government last time, it had nothing to do with Muslims. Yeah. It was, it was Asians. So yeah, it was true. Aboriginals. Yeah, so, true. You know, yeah. Now, it's, now it's fucking Muslims. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, what's what's the, you know, what sort of fear can I capitalise yeah, yeah. on this time around? I think, you know, that's... Always, it's, yeah, it's always hate, isn't it? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's that's not... not you know, that's not going to... It's not going to fix anything. Imagine if it was white people that were doing all this shit. She's like, I fucking hate white crackers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it's uh, people like that. It's just anything to get, get the attention, anything yeah. to get back in the limelight. And I think you know, like representing a serious issue, it's it's quite a shame that that you know people will instantly associate you know uh, a call for a call for reform inside uh, inside Islam, which I think okay. needs to happen. I'm, this is an outsider saying that you know they need to fix it up inside. Um, you know, I think a lot of the time you, you shut down on one side or you shut down on the other. You know, people like Pauline Hanson don't do you any favors if you feel that there are calls for you know reform that are serious and, and should be taken seriously and, and then you got the other side who are like instantly oh, are you fucking racist you know <laughs> like it's yeah. not the case man it's you know it's yeah you know, I, I just think there are some people there are some smart voices out there guys like sam harris and majid nawaz guys like that who um you know you might have i think they might have been on rogan yeah you know um you know people like that uh who, who have you know 
serious and, and considered and intelligent you know, things to offer on the topic. And I was saying the young, well thought out. The yeah, young yeah. guys too now, like Milo. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, Milo, Milo's a troll. Like, and, and you know, uh, like, <laughs> he's he, no, he's troll. fucking hilarious, man. Like, he, he cracks me up. Who's that? That's what I was talking about before, how we're talking about fat shaming. Uh, yeah. We oh, haven't, okay, like, yeah. I, I, we didn't okay. even try to uh, pronounce his last name. Yeah, yeah look, I think like, he's, he's having fun with... Uh, I, I, what, I, what I feel now is like, you know, in this sort of day and age, you've got... At the moment, politically, you got people sort of going one way or the other, really, and and if and it's like, you can't you can't share sort of. I I agree with you on this issue, this issue, but I disagree with you on yeah. that. You know, it can't be like that anymore. There's no room for intelligent discussion. Everyone's like married to dogma. It's yeah. so like you know, um, you can't just feel that there's like, you know, that there's got to be something done about you know, the terrorism in the world at the moment. Um, without being a you know a complete fuckwit about it, you, yeah. know, you see that on, well, on Facebook. So many people just get on, oh fuck it, Muslims. You know, like I, I, I try to share these, like try to share these things on social media. You know, I, I put up a you know a, a post about you know this cool documentary coming out about Islamic women, t- sort of talking about um, you know their experiences within you know a, a patriarchal kind of oppressive you know oppressive religious society, and, and what they're doing to kind of progress it. And, you know, you won't get anything about that from, from some of the guys I grew up with or served yeah. with or whatever. And then, you know, I might put something else up about, you know, like uh, like because I want people to understand the, the reality and the seriousness of, of how bad the world's descending into a, into a violent fucking cesspool. You know, you put a... Recently, there was a US-backed um, Syrian militia that um, had a couple of, couple of their members uh, uh, captured a 12-year-old or 11 or 12-year-old boy this is the latest video. They've, they've got him on the back of a truck and they, they saw his head off with a box cutter. Yeah, right. That's 12-year-old boy. Yeah. Um, you know, did that one have the vid up? Did, was that yeah, the there was a bit of that, yeah. I, I, could, look, I, I couldn't watch that one, man. I think they've got, everyone's got their limits, right? I just yeah. couldn't watch a 12-year-old boy get killed. Oh, definitely. But, uh, you know, like, you, you just put, I just put an article on it up and, um, you know, straight as soon as you put that up, you got, like, all the boys sort of chiming in with, oh, fuck it fucking Muslim cunts, you know, like, yeah. you know, just kill them all kind of thing. And, you know, it doesn't do anyone any favours. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and then on the other side of things, you know, like if, you, if you're, if you you know, a free-thinking kind of liberal-minded person, you know, who agrees with, like, you know, marriage equality, all that kind of stuff, you know, if you, you know, uh, getting rid of prohibition, you know, sort of uh, libertarian kind of causes, you end up, you know, you end up, sort of agreeing with the, you know the left side of the spectrum sometimes and the right side of the spectrum sometimes but like you haven't really got a home you know so and there's so many people that just identify either with one or the other and they just want to like shout you down and you know the, the you know the, the lefties will, will call the you know the right-wing people racists and bigots and the, the right-wing people will be calling the lefties traitors and you know i yeah. guess you know well, that's that's the beauty of social media right it gives oh, people, I mean, people that probably shouldn't have a voice oh voice. man like yeah. Yeah. trolls they oh know. yeah and there are funny trolls you know there are yeah. trolls that are perfect you know but uh <laughs> you know guys like milo are, are fun that way and you know there's also like you know there's some smart people on the you know on yeah. the left side that'll do the same thing bill maher's funny you know yeah. guys like that did you hear what he's going to try and do at the end of the month milo is he uh is this the the gay pride parade yeah, through uh that that um islamic ghetto in sweden yeah. oh man he's gonna get fucking killed yeah i mean so he's trying to lead a gay pride march through it's like the ghetto of 
like yeah yeah so in europe now they've got a lot of like no-go zones yeah um so uh, i forget the number it was something like uh, uh there's like something like 37 in France, 37 like neighborhoods where um, French police don't go. Wow. Yeah, uh, that's, that's insane. Yeah. So they just run it off. dangerous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When, yeah, they're just wow. not a welcome presence there. Yeah, so. where I lived, like I lived in south of France and we're in Albie, tiny, like tiny place, but there was like, you'd call it like housing development, you mm. know, and they were like, when, as soon as I got there, they're like, they're like, just don't drive down those streets. And, and, um, and it was, it was, they're just like, just don't go there. There's no need to go there. You just stay away from there because you go mm. there and, you know, shit will happen. So, yeah. So no it's the sort of place you end up when you're completely fucking spastic. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. rugby league players. Just kneeling, kneeling, <laughs> kneeling, facing Mecca and kneeling down. So, yeah. like, was, <laughs> so did, did you walk out of there with a funny story and, like, uh, lucky to be alive. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> did you drive past and look down those streets? What's that? No, we actually didn't go near them. Like, it's they were they were really on the other side of town, you yeah. know. And it would just they stuck to their self themselves, and then we stuck to like you know. Yeah, but there's it, a lot and, of places yeah. like that in Europe, man. Like Italy's got it. And, I mean, but yeah, that was so Milo's going through the, one of these in um in Sweden, which is uh yeah it's sort of <clears> just I don't know if you sort of guys are up with it. They, the Europeans have had this huge uh, migrant crisis where um they've just opened the uh, opened the gates. Yeah, through yeah. through southern Europe, Come on in. all of North Africa essentially like has, has been given a, an invitation to head up head yeah. up through uh, southern Europe into all you know into the uh, uh, European Union states. So it's uh, they've had this huge uh, influx of um, North African migrants, and Sweden, Sweden, and uh, Germany and France have, have sort of been the ones that have led the charge in that. So they've got a lot of people in there. And um, I think we talked about it before, Phil. But do you reckon? some of the problem now too is people being afraid of racial profiling and like not saying like not saying shit because yeah well that's, that, well, that's yeah i mean that that's like yeah. that's one of those things isn't it i mean you know um it gets tough doesn't it i mean you know it's the same in same in the u.s you know like uh no no one wants to go anywhere near racism you know and yeah. that's like that's a good thing you know that's that's not a bad thing you know we don't want to be racist but um you know sometimes you you know statistics cannot be racist you know um uh, a, a properly formed and proven hypothesis is not racist it's fact mm. um you know how law enforcement and spies and and you know government officials and all these sorts of people that are dealing with this every day go about it i you know i don't know what the best answer is i'm not a not a cop or a, you know a spy or anything like that uh, and you know to a to an outside sort of um you know, someone spectating on them doing their jobs, you know, which is like, again, that social media phenomenon of like, seems to me like, you know, everyone knows best, but, you know, uh, every now and again, you hear of a horror story. Like there was one in, um, is it uh, Rotham in, in Northern England? Yeah. Um, where the, uh, there was a pedophile ring of, um, so there's hundreds of girls. And I don't want to sort of, you know, make up fudge statistics or anything. They were, they were literally like, uh, you know, between Tangent, why not? <laughs> be, between one hundred, between one hundred and two hundred girls. Uh, hang on, I mean, you could even Google it. But it's, it's a lot of lot of girls were um, groomed into uh, so from early age groomed into this um, into this ring of ring of guys that sort of shared them around. And there was uh, actually might have even been like a hundred guys or something involved. And and the numbers of the girls were, were much more than the guys. But um, wow. Uh, what happened is, you know, this, this ring, this um, pedophile ring was um, allowed to go on for a long, longer time, a lot longer than it should have uh, because uh, government officials were 
seeing you know the reports and the they were going to the police stations and then you know the uh, sort of local um local bureaucrats were looking at it and it was sort of the buck stopped with them because they were reluctant to report up the chain um that all of these men were pakistani uh, uh so really yeah that's that's, uh, oh, that's fucked. yeah it's rough like so it just it just went on longer than it should have <laughs> yeah. which you know you hear that and you think oh well, like, you know like I, I just think it comes down to you know you got to rely on the common sense of people sometimes yeah. you know I, I think you know sometimes that backfires right like you know and, and you know you end up with racist douchebags or whatever yeah. you know and on the other side of things you know um it, it backfires because you would think that a bureaucrat would see this and say fuck you know these are these are all guys from the same country it's just the country's not a race a, a religion's not a race they're all from they're all from northern india there's nothing racist about saying that yeah um and that that's going to help shut these sorts of things down and you know it comes down to you know, you got more government, more bureaucrats, you know, and like you've got narratives and uh, and policy directions and all that sort of thing that, that like people are married to. They're married to the dogma yeah. and they're not flexible or fluid with like, you know, it's all, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be um, towing the party line completely. And that's what I guess political correctness is. You know, you've got tow the party line one way or the other, whether it's, you know, Republican, Democrat, right wing, left wing, whatever it is, you know, uh, liberal labor, you know, it's this and this only. And if you if you go outside that chain, you're yeah. excommunicated from mm. the party. You're, you're no longer part of the group, and everyone wants to be part of their part of their clique and not go outside those lines. So, yeah, yeah I, I think you know, in that regard, common sense, you know, tends to um, tends to suffer. And also, it's, it's completely not real. Like like if I'm like completely overweight. And I'm going to your gym, and I'm going there. So I'm going to be a trainer, you know. You know, my gut's sticking out, you know. Oh, you yeah. got me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so basically, you're going to say fuck off, but I'm going to say, no, oh, you, you know, I'm fat. You, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to report you to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, like fat shaming. Yeah, fat shaming. <laughs> like, like basically, it doesn't matter what you are. Like you're always discriminating at some level, you know. Yeah. Like, I think, like, yeah, like basically, if you came in here. And you look like you're fresh out of jail or whatever. I'm going to discriminate you and tell you to fuck off. And yeah. you, could, you could report me. Yeah, you, know, yeah, so you, yeah, could, yeah. you could apply that to anything, whether it's race, yeah, how yeah, absolutely, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and you know, and quite often that's uh, that's a very fucking handy survival mechanism yeah, for yeah. a human, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. You know, like you don't, uh, you know, it's, you don't. You see the big bad wolf, you don't think it's grandma. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's like you'd be stupid otherwise. That's right. You know? Like I, in my head, like I, if I was to believe what I always thought, I'd be the most racist <laughs> motherfucker. You know? Oh yeah. man! Oh, exactly. like I, I won't. Like sometimes when we're lining up to get on a plane, I'll be like, oh my god, that girl's got a tail on her head. We are fucking going down. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but then I'd like I'd, talk, I'd just talk. I'm like, you being a cockhead. Yeah, you rationalize. You know, and I mean, you know, we've got. We got even just members of the gym, you know, we've got um we've got a number of Muslims in there, you know, and they're not yeah. they're not Yeah. It's always different and always nuanced. Yeah. It's basically people just want to make rules and then it's us against them, yeah. which is what you're talking we about. We make yeah. a walk yeah. through like the left middle versus right first it, before they you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> well the yeah. gym's still standing. <laughs> no, I mean you know, yeah, it's it's you know, like uh you t- you know, it's it's just common sense. You take each uh, each person for 
you know the way they behave you know, but the way yeah, they yeah. Interact it's so them. shit too because so many people just go oh you know that's bad and everyone just fucking follows it instead yeah, yeah, of educating yeah. yourself yeah yeah spend and, a bit of time and actually you know reading things and, and learning about things you just go on with the fucking majority yeah. or go on whatever you read in your news feed oh man you know and it's the stupidest shit yeah, my whole yeah. life is, is it, you know, I feel like every time I you know you can see smartphones that we've, we've you know that we're all glued to now you know you, you spend your day like I, I swear I'm, I'm you know the trajectory of my education since uh, since I learned to use the internet and I'm not talking about when I learned to use porn although <laughs> 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 well, that, that was that was one of the gateways porn CrossFit and Facebook uh, I, I got out of the army and you know this was before smartphones you know, like, it was weird because you know so you, everyone forgets how how recent the phenomenon is you know of being yeah, able yeah, to like I, I don't know the answer to that whack 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 yeah, 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 like it's 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 so it's so Dr. quick Google. with the smartphone. It's fucking crazy. Like if we think of, we watched like from a briefcase phone to what we have now, like yeah. it's been in our. Oh know, yeah, like, I remember sitting in Iraq with just thinking, "Fucking look at this!" Like you know, look at this technology with my iPod. You know, one of those old ones where you go, <laughs> 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 you know, like an analog one, so you're sort of like scrolling down by, and you, you know, if you had a thousand songs, it'd take you forever to get down. Yeah. There, like, <laughs> Yeah, so bad. But I honestly, I was so fucking impressed with that. You know, like I, I could have every every rap CD I'd ever owned in this little like yeah. thing. And you know, years years later, a few years later, we got smartphones, and you know, I like like I said, I wouldn't have. I don't think I would have discovered the internet had it not been for obviously porn, uh, and then uh, <laughs> and then CrossFit. You know, like CrossFit was a huge thing for me. I sort of uh, started digging into that like right at the end of my army career because uh, I'd always like training in the army, and I sort of like found this this crossfit it was one of the most dull kind of websites you've ever seen but you know when you when what, you crossfit.com oh yeah, yeah you know it's uh, they've, it still is they've it? improved it a little bit i oh, think yeah. but uh one of the best things about it was it was the crossfit journal which was just this open source um it was only 25 25 a year uh to subscribe and i think it still is it's only 25 bucks and it's a library of uh library of journal articles you know by um you know the the most uh renowned you know, strength and conditioning people in the world. You know, not just in the CrossFit sort of world, like we're talking about, you know, weightlifting, um, you know, uh, elite sports coaching, um, you know, the powerlifting <laughs> side of things, you know, the track and field, rowing, like anything you can think of. Like uh, you've got these specialists who have written sort of between sort of three and five page uh, journal articles for, uh, for the CrossFit journal. And uh, for me, you know, because... Uh, I'd gotten out of the army with no plan, really. Essentially, I sort of just pulled the pin on it and uh, and jumped. And um, yeah, I just sort of ended up. It was the internet that sort of steered me in the direction of CrossFit. You know, it was okay. a sort of a training. So why is that? Well, it's just it was. You know, uh, I had a, a couple of mates in the um, in the sort of elite army units that that you know sort of knew me as a, as a guy that they like to train with and you know like i like okay. i like training hard back then probably a lot a lot more than i do now really oh yeah yeah i was you know when you're in your, your oh he's getting back into it though when you're, when you're in your 20s it's, it's a bit it's a bit easy i started to come on un, uh unstuck a bit but uh yeah the uh you know so when i was when i was doing that i it spent a lot of time reading uh reading about and studying and watching videos and you know like uh following I guess expanding on the the journal's bibliography, you know. So okay. like when I'd read a, I'd read an article by you know like Bill Starr, a famous uh, sort of strength coach for um, you know gridiron teams and, and all that sort of thing in the states. So I, I um, you know liked his article and liked the way he 
spoke and you know wrote and all that sort of thing so I, I thought oh, does he have a book you know and I read more of his stuff and okay. you know the same goes with uh, Mark Ripitow and people like that I, I'd read an article on them which was enough to convince me to buy the book if that made sense so Watch what videos. aspect of it like intrigue you uh, I don't know. It, for, for me, it, initially, initially it was like, you know, like I guess everyone growing up, you kind of just want to be, for me, I always wanted to be the super soldier. You know, I wanted to be in the special air service and, um, you know, uh, just be, you know. Just be the fucking best at everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's it sort of, you know, perform surgeries on cats and fucking blow up a banana tree without hurting bananas. You know, like I just wanted to be, you know, I just wanted to be. Okay, fair enough. You know, yeah, you want to be sort of a, an elite uh, elite soldier and I mean even as a, as a younger guy like as a, as a you know as a young sort of school kid you want to be an elite athlete too don't yeah. you? so basically yeah so CrossFit you, CrossFit you saw as elite kind uh, of I, I, what not, so like you know there's always so and this is this is you know you can sort of dig into the um, you know the, the uh, I guess the manifesto behind it a, a lot but um, essentially it, it, you're always going to have stronger people than CrossFitters. So powerlifters are, are going to be stronger. Olympic weightlifters are going to be stronger. Um, and you're always going to have people that will, you know, put them to shame with uh, stamina and endurance. You know, you've got your triathletes, you've got your yeah. um, your uh, marathon runners and, and, you know, iron men, that kind of stuff. Or you've got, you know, long-distance swimmers, people like that. You know, you've got these people on the fringes, on the, on the um, you know, spectrums of, of athleticism. Or on the you know the opposite ends of the spectrum of athleticism, but at CrossFit you got these these people in the middle, uh, and, and as a soldier you know or as a former soldier I looked at that and um, and you know as a soldier you need to be the guy that can kick down a door at the the back end of an eighty kilometer yeah. pack march. You yeah, know, yeah, you need to be um, someone who can who can run fast, hit the ground, crawl quickly, <clears throat> fire some shots, move around. So in other words, an all rounder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean. Uh, you know, you know, everyone loves Steve Waugh, you know, it was, it was, it was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was like, you yeah, know, the, all, the all-rounder, the guy that could do everything, you know, like you, you had your bowlers and your batsmen and, you know, then you had dudes that like Steve Waugh who, yeah, you know, yeah. like take some wickets and, you yeah. know, and he'd make, and a, make a ton. And, and better shitload of bitches. As well. Oh man, you know, like, you know, there was always the all-rounder. Yeah, Steve Waugh or Mark Waugh? <laughs> yeah, Mark, Mark was a pants man, wasn't he? Yeah, well, as far as I was aware, yeah, like I think Steve Waugh was more. Okay. Mate, he's the sort of dude. He was a captain. He was like, he's like you know those unique captains. You know, you get him, you get him like, like John Eels as one. Well. Yeah, like John Eels. Like Steve Waugh was the sort of dude that would like scoop up a tin of baked beans and not fart. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had intestinal fortitude. You know, he's just a tough dude. Yeah. yeah. When I when I was in Sydney, lived in Sydney, lived down the road from me. Had this yeah. humongous house like on the river and shit. Steve oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Name bro. What's that? Yeah, name drop. <laughs> oh, Steve Waugh. Yeah, Steve Waugh. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I like Steve more than Mark. Steve just had he had that like um, he just had that grit, didn't he? But uh, yeah, you know, I was just getting getting away from the getting away from the, uh, the CrossFit thing. Yeah, look, the Cross the CrossFit fitness to me was like you could be strong and you could be fast and you could be um, endurant. You know, you, you could you could you know survive. You know, it, it's gonna. I mean, the guy that you know, like I said, I don't want to be sort of being wanky and quoting uh, quoting the sort of... It's a tangent, feel free. Yeah, yeah cool. So, like, the, you know, the guy, uh, Greg Glassman, that, that, that essentially, you know, created and invented CrossFit, you know, not to say that he invented weightlifting or any of this stuff. He, he basically amalgamated a group, bunch of different physical training disciplines and, and put them together and, and marketed it, patented it. Mm-hmm. You know, wrote a, wrote a couple of, you know, very smart, concise... Um, scientifically, um, scientifically, 
measured um, articles about the kind of training he was presenting. Um, and, and, you know, he was just a trainer, just a coach that was looking to get people fitter. And somewhere in there, he was, luckily for him, he was at Sil- he was living in Silicon Valley in the right place at the right time. And okay. uh, one of his members picked up his, uh, picked up his, you know, his manifesto, his, um, his handbook essentially on, on, you know, what CrossFit was. And uh, someone in there uh, suggested he put it, put it on a website. You know, it was a free website where they released their workout of the day every day. And it just, you know, it started in, uh, in military, military circles. You know, the, okay. um, they were pretty close to Coronado, the Navy SEAL base. You know, so a few Navy SEALs got on board with it. A couple of the guys <laughs> that sort of run the company now are uh, former Navy SEALs. Yeah, right. And so, you know, it expanded within the SEAL community and I guess by knock-on effect, you know, the mm. sort of Green Berets and, um, you know, it expanded largely to start within the special ops um, yeah, right. communities. And, and that, that, you know, that's a fairly international yeah. uh, group of people when you're talking about, you know, um, allied countries like Australia and Britain and, and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, I found out found out about it from a couple of uh, SF mates of mine and... and um, Oh, I was I sort of you know, said have a look at it and I started looking at it and just got addicted you know so it was uh, it just made sense to me you know like I just thought that's you know there's no action hero you know there's no action hero that looks stick thin is there you know you're not mm. you're not like Steve Monaghetti isn't fucking you know he's a good <laughs> double pistol I love shit. that man <laughs> no, he's, hey, look, he's a good man like don't get me wrong I have, a I have no no and this is <laughs> and this you, is the man. thing I think like, <laughs> this is the thing it, it all comes down to um, you know like CrossFit is essentially like a, a borrowing of, of, of the training practices of all of these wonderful different disciplines and if you don't have respect for the disciplines, you, you know, and I think that this is where a lot of the criticism of, of you know, uh, CrossFit, the CrossFit community in some in some circles comes from, is that there isn't the due respect for um for where our where our training methods come from. So you know, they just sort of a lot of people just chuck it all together and have no understanding of it or respect for it, or you know, they'll they'll bias it or they'll just, you know, it'll just be cardio to them mm. and, you know, just a way to, the way I've seen it is, you know, quite often there's people who, you know, in the early days of the the movement, you know, were military people and, um, or, and or, you know, professionals that had found it early and, and really believed <clears> in the ce- central message of it. And even when I first got into it, I was looking at it and thinking, shit, this is, this is just a no brainer for personal trainers. It's mm. like a workout of the day randomly chucked together i mean this is you know if you don't understand it you say it's randomly sort of thrown together functional movements Mm. that no matter what context you throw throw you know throw these things together and i mean there are hundreds of these ideas open source for free so any personal trainer straight out of nowhere getting his cert three and four or, or whatever could you know have a look at this and say i could just i could give that to my customers and it'd feel like you know, they're getting their bang for their buck because mm. they're, they're on their back sort of wheezing at the end of it no matter yeah, what yeah. I really do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, you know, if you're short-sighted, you could do that. You know, you could even build a gym around that. You know, mm. if you've got a personality that that sort of says, oh, look, you know, um, we're having fun, right, guys? You know, hey, it's like flashy. You paint the walls purple or whatever and, <laughs> and get, you know, get all the, um, you know, the, the sort of the mums in and get them doing box jumps and, you know, whatever else. And, you know they, they're going to love you. They're going to think this is great. I'm 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 doing really good things for myself. But um, you know I think long term, 
again, it comes back down to they haven't really thought deeply about it. Uh, and there is scope within this to think very deeply about it and, you know, to, to craft a program that, that does all of the things that, um, that, that this <clears throat> promises it could do when you read the, um, you know, the, the CrossFit Level 1 handbook, you know, which is, you know, it's pretty basic stuff and it doesn't go into huge detail on the, on the specializations that, you know, that, that make up CrossFit. Um, but, yeah, it's sort of, you know, you, 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 can, you can really go a long way down those, uh, those rabbit holes, you know, like you, sort of Alice in Wonderland metaphor, but you can, you can learn a lot about powerlifting and be a, a CrossFitter, you know, a lot about powerlifting and really respect it and think it's great. Olympic lifting, the same. Gymnastics, you know, none of these things, you know, uh, even the basic fundamentals of all of these uh, sports within our sport, um, you know, it's you could spend a lifetime continually learning. You know, you, you can, and you're getting better and better at it, and you know, picking up points here and there, and employing that in your um, in your day to day. And I mean, that's you know, I'm talking about as a coach. Um, you know, as someone that's trying to push this to people and get people fit and understanding it. Um, and I think you know, a lot of people don't because they slip into kind of an easy rhythm and just you know, just let it go. Um, but if you do, you know, you, you know, long term, you can. Uh, you can bank on it that uh, the the people that are sort of trusting you to deliver the deliver the program to them um, will you know be your proof. I think one hundred percent for me that is like me and Freddie used to when we were in high school. We started just going to the gym and we'd do like bench press and bicep curls, and we thought we were awesome. Oh, best, best, <laughs> days, best days of your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I was I was a fatty fat fatty for a long time. And Fucking then huge, I started man. training, I started, like, Jimmy got onto us and said, boys, come down and have a look. And at, at that time, it was, you know, it was only still little. No, I remember and exactly um, what happened. Brenton rings me up. He goes, Christian, have you looked at Jimmy's... Brento. Brento, yeah. Brento, Brento rings me up. He goes, <laughs> well, have you looked at um, Jimmy's Facebook uh, pics at the moment or something like that? And he was like, it looks kind of looks like they're doing like crossfit style thing down there like yeah because uh, well, where the gym is is yeah, where, yeah. where like in juniors we played yeah, play footy yeah and that yeah. was our change room so yeah. and then we and then i had we had a look and we we're like yeah and that's when we first came down like because yeah. we, we were training out of my garage and we're like oh we'd be good to go somewhere that had all the shit you know yeah that's and, it and, and we kind of we liked the appeal that it wasn't it actually wasn't called crossfit but it was still yeah Barbell yeah, Club. Barbell, yeah yeah and then all right, okay. yeah, yeah and then then we went down there and then that and then I, I think after that I went overseas, but I ended up selling all my home gear because I was like, when I get back, I'll just do that. You know? Yeah, and that's what we are. Like we're just a garage gym that's just gotten a little bit out of control. Yeah, but going <laughs> back to what you're saying, yeah. that's what's kept me going is because it, there's so much to learn. Like you can't you can't just waltz in and master it. You got to keep coming back. Oh no! I and in like it just punches you in the face some days because you just can't nail something and you get the shits. But it's never to the point where you want to give up on it. Oh, no. I mean, you can get discouraged, you know, like, because you see, especially when you see, like, if we get around to the conversation on the games at some point, you (laughs) see those guys and they're freaks of nature and, you know, like, you know, you you have these conversations with yourself sometimes, like, oh, you're pathetic. I can't believe you can't, you know. (laughs) Some of the the tasks that are put to you, you know, like, you, you... you know, you don't take too naturally or whatever. And that's that's the experience that 99% of people will have with CrossFit. You yeah. know, they'll, they'll get in there and they'll be sort of, it'll seem like, uh, you know, a fifth of what you're doing, you, you can kind of get your head around and the rest is just sort of like, I'll never get it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like sticking with fundamentals and basics, you, you're not supposed to get it. It's supposed to be a lifelong pursuit. 
Yeah. I think there's once you once you understand that, mm-hmm. like whether you're doing it consistently or not, like once you've sold on the you know the, the movements that you're doing, the functionality of it, the kind of fitness that it provides. So like if you've had a good, you know, like guys like Jimmy as an example, you know, you've got a guy who for like you know must have been nearly three and a half years like didn't didn't skip a beat with training yeah. and turned himself into like the most impressive specimen. And then after that, you know, his priorities change a little bit and he ends up sort of drifting away from the gym, gets to a point where he hasn't trained for a number of years, um, you know, with, with other things on his plate, you know, a lot of food and beer. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, but, you know, that, that, that in, in, the, in Jimmy's mind, you know, this is a guy who, who knows what it does for you. And it's like, yeah. he'll never, ever be able to reconcile any other kind of exercise or fitness or even, you know, he'll never be able to look down and say, I am what I could be until he sort of gets back into this stuff. And once you come to that realization, it's like, it's just going to be there for the rest of your life. Like, yeah. you know, you're going to be the old dude that's trying to deadlift. And that's fucking cool, you know. Like, oh, you, man, you some know. of the shit you see, like 70, 80-year-old people. Oh, stuff, man. Like, and like, that's, good on you. Yeah. that's just the start, you know. Like, when, when we're all old, we'll have yeah. been doing this for yeah. years. But even you know, looking so. at someone like Roscoe, who, what, oh, Roscoe's man. 50? Or oh, 47. 47. 47. And it's like he's gone like this the whole time. Oh, you know? man, like he's, he's, he's a tank, you know. Like, he's, he's, he's exactly the dad that you wouldn't want to turn up to on the first day with a girl. Yeah. This guy, he's 46 years old. He's built like a, a condom full of walnuts. Like he's, he's a huge guy. Like, I mean, literally, like, you know, he, he's a modest, sort of quiet, humble humble fellow. But, he, you know, every once in a while, like maybe once a year, he'll, he'll accidentally, you know, you'll accidentally catch him with his shirt off and it'll just put you to shame. You're like, oh, that's fucked. But, uh, you know, this is, you know, it's, uh, you see these sorts of guys and you sort of think, well, maybe when I... Is this at the CrossFit? Yeah, just at our gym, yeah, just at our gym, yeah. So it's, um, you know, and that's like, he's just a one example of, you know, every gym would have guys like that. Every, you know, where I started, there was a, um, over at CrossFit Brisbane in Cooparoo, uh, there's a, a, the guy that owns the place is, um, he'd be 46 now. I don't want to get it wrong, but yeah, he'd be about 46 now. But he, he's... 40 fucking six. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this, this dude, he, he, he's actually, so Matt's a, Matt's a even better example, I guess. Matt Swift is an even better example. And uh, Ross of, you know, if you train like this, what, what you can feel like and look like at, at nearly 50. Um, so is that based on your assumption that normally you'd start to plateau by what 40 or uh, I'd just put 35? I'd put I'd put Matt Swift or Ross Murray or anyone like them in a lineup of 46 47 year old guys let's say we took 100 mm-hmm. um, and I would I would say <clears throat> you know you could do you know there are guys that jog there are guys that you know particularly I love the lawyers and the, you know the sort of um, professionals that can afford to, afford to buy and maintain a fucking Twelve thousand um, dollar bicycle yeah. with their, you know, with their tight gear and everything, <laughs> and their clip clop shoes, and you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and, and, the, and the amount, yeah, and the, and the amount of doppio ristrettos that they have to punch. <laughs> that's yeah. right. I never see him riding. I always see him at the cafes. Yeah, you know? yeah but that's it, man. Yeah. So those cats, you know, they exercise a bit. You know, they just do a bit of recreational exercise, and that's cool. You know, and they, it's social and all that sort of thing. And I, I always like, I always like to see them. You know, I'm like, I can't wait till you fuckers discover CrossFit. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 cool. Like, you know, and they they sort of talk about their riding and how it's good exercise and all that sort of thing and you're like yeah it is cool man it's like life being it sort of stuff like you know brilliant and we're talking like a guy like matt swift who you know like i said is in that same demographic of, of guys you know um he's he was one of the first crossfit uh, affiliate owners 
And then this dude's a fucking rock eh? Like he he he's he's about or oh, maybe Christian's Christian's height, maybe a little taller. Probably weighs eighty five <laughs> kilograms, you know, with a t shirt on. He You'd see that he was fit. That You'd see that he was fit. You could see he's a bit broader That's in huge. the shoulders. Eighty five kilograms for Christian's Yeah, height. yeah. Oh, except, well, it's fucking huge. Yeah, wait till you know, so but this this guy, this guy will unashamedly you know, he's he's, he's as pale as a vampire, but unashamedly he'll take his um he'll take his shirt off um, while he's training. And I, I'm fucking not kidding you, man. Like the dude could enter a bodybuilding competition without dieting, without yeah, you know, he, he he's like he's like it's like it's like he's cut out of granite. You see every fucking striation of his muscles. He's he's an absolute freaking. And he's Christian's height. That's amazing. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to be eighty five kilograms at your height. Oh, like, like Swift, Swifty when I first incredible. met him, like, was in his gym. You know, you don't really see Matt much outside of the gym. Uh, you know, every now and again, like I I have I had dinner with him not so long ago. But you know, this guy's you, you know he's he's very passionate about his gym and his people yeah, right. and all that sort of thing. But I mean, when I first met the guy, I, I was a sort of, I thought I was a pretty, you know, macho soldier and all that sort of thing. And I walked into this gym and there was a, three or four of these guys all training with their shirts off. And I fucking thought, oh, I'm never taking my shirt off in front of these guys. <laughs> and then, you know, like they were, they were rowing and throwing a few of these, um, few of these movements together that, you know, at the time for me, the context wasn't clear, you know, um, it, it became clear later. And then, you know, uh, when they'd finished that, Matt, you know, sort of, when he cooled down a little bit, had a drink and a bit of a socialise and, and talked to his, you know, talked to his members and, you know, got to know him a bit, which is sort of par for the course. Then he sort of, you know, uh, jumped up into a handstand and started doing some freestanding handstand push-ups. <laughs> I just sort of sat there. I didn't even know those things. I didn't, like, I didn't even think that sort of shit existed. I mean, you yeah, never yeah. see it in a Hollywood movie because none of the actors are fit enough to do it. <laughs> so I was just looking at that and I thought, well, there you go. I mean... You're like, oh, he's also a gymnast. Uh, yeah, no, no. So I asked that. You know, you ask the question invariably, like, is that bloke a gymnast or something? You must have done something. But, mm. No. No, he was, uh, when he got into it, I think he was in his sort of middle 30s maybe. Uh, when he got into it, he was one of those dudes, one of those uh, so peltons. He, so he's 46, 172 centimetres tall. Oh, look, I, yeah. yeah I, I, I <laughs> Too specific, I, Jeremy. Just yeah, yeah I, I, could, I could be wrong. But yeah, look, the guy, like... Oh, I'm still trying to get my head around this. You know, like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So he's that age, Christian's height, 85 kilograms. Yeah, yeah. So it must be huge. Absolutely. Starters. Yeah, I'm, I'll, uh, yeah, I mean, the guy, well. And, and he can do handstand push-ups, which must mean he must be incredibly strong. So no, this. Freestanding handstand push-ups. So this is not against the wall. Wow. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is just and in that, the air. That's even better. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I demo for you, Jeremy, but I can't <laughs> do it, bro. <laughs> it's only the wine, otherwise you wouldn't. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> that, that's well, Jeff. <laughs> Jeremy looking at another man saying wow no I mean you know he, he's got a point I mean you know like uh, you know, you, I'm, you, I'm you, still wedded to Brento so. <laughs> but uh, you know so you sort of see that and you think you know it gives you, it gives you something like I mean maybe not to aim for okay so let, let's be fair that guy actually won the um, his his division of the Masters CrossFit Games last year so I mean this is like the fittest old dude in the world you know, yeah so, yeah like one of the <laughs> so I mean uh, yeah like I mean, you see that, and it, it, you know, it sort of says to you, like, why, why, you know, so many guys, like, and you, you'll see it with footy, you know, so many guys, or, or even army, you know, at the back end of this stuff, they go, oh, days of being a being a man, you know, a macho man are over. I've I've had enough. I'm so it sounds like to me that your expectation is that forty six should be starting to dwindle out. Well, it, no, it I just think it's decline. not my expectation, and, and this is this is like a guy like Swifty or a guy like Ross Murray is inspirational. 
you know, I hate using that word because, you know, you hear it bandied around so often, you know. They're like, Fitspirational. Yeah. Motherfucker. Fits, a, bit, a bit of Fitspo. Like, no, I mean, you know, you see, you see, you, you see, you see these old dudes and you think, like, uh, you know, I remember my dad, you know, like, uh, he won't listen to this. So uh, yeah, I remember my dad, you know, he was just like, by that point, he was, he was, he was losing it. He was, you know, he was buckling. He didn't train. He yeah, was yeah. drinking a lot of piss. Yeah, but and I mean, he was a, this, my dad was a soldier. You know, he yeah. was a, he was an officer in Australian uh, of the Year. Yeah, ah, yeah, got it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, you know, like he, he was he was at, at times, you know, like his 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 early years or, or even his you know um, his years up to middle life were, um, you know, he was pretty macho. Yeah. Uh, and then it, everyone at some point, like it happens early with some footy players. It happens early with guys getting out of the army. You see him uh, sort of pack it in and, and they like their endeavor of you know being physical their endeavor of sort of wanting to be rough and tumble wanting to be able to climb the rope or get over the wall and you know you know it's, it's amazing you speak to like footy club dads now who were yesterday's hero kind of you know guys like uh you know the fellow yeah we won't mention him yeah, yeah you know the <laughs> they, bloke they, they hold on to things yeah they'll, they'll, they'll come up and tell you and talk to you about how you know once they were fit and once they were strong it's over yeah but then <laughs> they're sitting there and go I don't need, you know I've got one guy that sort of tells me like uh, oh, I, I spoke to my guy the massage guy I go to and he said oh, I should never sprint again bullshit I think that's fucking ridiculous yeah how could you give up give up completely on ever sprinting again so in that situation it seems to me that okay you're 46 you're still going well so it seems to be more of a behavioural thing that the majority of people are not doing well. Like, so I've often wondered, is it a physical thing or is it just a behaviour? I, th- I think half of it's me- like most of oh, it's going to say. Yeah. I reckon yeah. behaviour, absolutely. Okay, so, so basically it's just 46 year old people think, fuck it. Yeah. But, it's... But, from a, but from a physical point of view, they, they could still push more if they wanted. I don't know if it's so much fuck it as like, they haven't found something that motivates them to want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, for, it's easy with, you know, you see it with Australian culture. You've got, like, you know, play cricket, play footy, mm-hmm. and, all, all, you know, swimming, whatever it is, you know, all of the things that we do, surfing. Even, I mean, surfing's pretty, got a bit of longevity, but, you know, like, these these active kind of uh, healthy things that you do when you're young, you know, I, I say active with, you know, footy, you know, it's, it's not always overly healthy when you, you know, twisting a knee, breaking a bone, you know, <laughs> busting up shoulders or, you know, even, you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, every, most of these sort of, you know, sports and particularly contact sports and, and things, you know, things where you're, you know, at risk of injury a lot, they've got a shelf life, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you, you get past your 20s and, it, and it, you know, you'll, you know, Christian will, Christian will um, you know, <laughs> testify to this, but you, you start to... You know, you think every training session. You know, I, I remember last the last season of uh, footy I played. Like, a, I, I, I played a game and I broke my middle finger on my right hand. So I had this excellent middle finger on my right hand. That I could flip the bird with. <laughs> and then, uh, and so I, I taped that up, thinking, you know, okay, this I can just put up with it. Right, I'll just just tape it up. It's, you know, it's one of those things you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna not play the next week because you've got a broken finger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tuesday at training, I broke the uh, broke the middle finger. I had a bloke step on and break the middle finger on my left hand. So I had these two purple middle fingers. You know, it, it was great for road rage, but it, it just it just you know like and then and then the next week, you know, this is I'm like I think I was 28 or 29. Uh, the next week, I, I think I got folded in a tackle and uh, got a floating rib, which is uh, when your rib comes away from the cartilage that holds it together so the rib cage wants to expand like if you snip the uh, you, yes. know, you see it on uh, like you ever seen uh, sort of 
uh, in movies or even on um, you know real life docos when they're doing an autopsy and they uh, saw the the sternum and the yeah. rib cage goes like yeah. that and it sort of expands. So under, like, under spring tension. Yeah, yeah. So the the, the cartilage that's holding the uh, the rib down here sort of comes comes loose and the, now I've got this permanently protruding rib. <laughs> it didn't really hurt that that much. I've broken ribs before. That hurts much more. But this this didn't hurt much. But it's just you know like it's one of those things like every week as you get older you seem to just just what the hell disintegrate when you're yeah. doing uh doing contact sports or you know like uh you know yeah although although that that's more the experience of it rather than your body aging yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so with with the crossfit stuff like it's um you know you're gonna feel like you've been beaten with a baseball bat a lot like, you know very very sore a lot of the time and there's scope to be injured like any sport um but a lot less scope in the gym when you can work safely when you've been coached you know like obviously people need to do things right you know and get the mechanics correct before they can um progress and, and when i say progress you know get stronger get faster get fitter mm-hmm. um you know you need to be doing things correctly or there is there is going to be a ceiling that you hit and you won't be able to you know get through it um so you at that point you need to dial the ego in and get the technique right you know so when you're doing things safely in a gym you know it's a lot safer than any sporting field you know and you could you could you know apply that to anything you talk like what about swimming in a pool or right, constantly doing laps you know over and over again freestyle you know you talk to swimmers how their shoulders going at the end of their career they have to give up you know they have to they have to quit swimming at some point because their bodies are experiencing repetitive strain wear and tear running swimming you know. yeah we we're talking about this the other day um major league baseball like pitching is the worst thing you can put a body part about. through like they've done scientific tests on it and the actual motion, the movement of pitching is fucked for your arm. Oh, and yeah. Winging scapula and, you know, your elbows and shoulders. It's like the most unnatural thing you can do. And, mm. you know, like that, that kind of thing through other sports is just as fucked. But um, I wanted to get your opinion on a couple of things, Phil. When we were talking about this the other night when um, and we was, I said, like, we'll wait till Phil's in here. But... um. A, a, number, cu- a number of times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a couple of things is with, with CrossFit, I think there's two people that do it. I think there's people that want to fucking train hard and then there's people that want to say they do CrossFit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, and that's everything. I'm the latter, you know? motherfucker. Oh, man, you, you listen, you know, and that's the human race. Like, that's the human race. You know, there's the people that want to... The people that want to talk shit about, um, you know, about how we need to ban Muslim immigration, but they wouldn't fucking, you know, read a, read a book about Islamic history. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's, there's people that do it, and then there's people that, you know, sort of just lend an opinion. I, for the most part, you know, like, human interaction is about sharing opinions on things, you know? Like, you talk talk to people, and you're like, oh, yeah, that was, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. You know, you got a bit of a take on that. And, I mean, but there comes a time, you know, like, when we're talking talking about, you know, and when, you know, when passions, real passions is kind of in play, you know, <clears throat> you, you can instantly instantly spot someone that doesn't know what they're talking about yeah you know what i mean and that and they're always going to be people that say they want that, that say they do crossfit you know yeah. they're the once a week people or you know we've got so many so many people who've been members of the gym <laughs> it's a long time who see pe- you know, so many people who've been members of the gym who like you still like you see them and they're like oh man yeah 
crossfit they still talk about it you know they still say that they do it they still yeah. like talk shit to people they're still wearing nanos you know and you're like oh yeah i fucking never see you, you know? <laughs> i mean you know like i just you know I, i'd know if you were coming a lot because i'm there all the time like, yeah so family training at city <laughs> oh no but then you know that too you know because you can suff that, suss that sort of thing out like you know but there's, there's just like there are a lot of people that just uh, talk the talk but yeah yeah yeah. there's one other thing in, and I was saying this is the one like one of the biggest things I've got with CrossFit is that the name puts everyone under an umbrella yeah right yeah. so that you can have a good gym like ours where you're getting looked over you all the mechanics you're getting taught correctly all that kind of stuff and that's called CrossFit, right? So we go to our place, we, we, we do CrossFit. Yeah, yeah. And like underneath you, your watch, you know? And then people will bag it out that have gone to another gym that's been a, a, the lady that's running it or the man that's running it. It's a weekend warrior done the done the course and they're now open the gym and, they're, and then they're saying, oh, CrossFit fucked. It's like, no, CrossFit's not fucked. Your gym's fucked, you know? Uh-huh. Like, and that's that's the one problem, I think, that it's like it labels everyone under the one. Yeah, thing. yeah. I mean, that, you know, and that's, uh, I mean, that's even like, you know, it sort of comes back to even what we were talking about earlier, you know, like generalizations, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's getting big enough now that like, and there are times where I just go, oh, fucking crossfitters you know like i mean you know you look at you know sometimes you go to these competitions or whatever and you're just like oh wow you know i'm being lumped into that category you know uh and and you sort of you just that is what it is you you, um you know you can only you can only really govern you know how you are and and you know control the things that are within your power to control so like you know what other people are doing you can't worry about and yeah you know it does like the you know, the, again, the social media thing comes into oh, it. Definitely, yeah. Fucking trolls, you know, like, uh, you know, these these people that like just sling shit. You know, I've, I, in, in, when you first like, I think you mature uh, past the point where you feel like writing a response to every. Because you used to respond sometimes. Oh like no, I've never like I, it, man, I learned pretty early on. Like I, I never really responded with you know the people that were trolling CrossFit because there were just so many people that were responding as well. And you read enough of these threads and you start to understand that people that respond passionately to idiots, I think there's a, there's a um, oh, I mean, oh, it's, I don't know, it's a meme or something that out there now saying never, never get into an argument with an idiot because they'll drag you, down their, drag you down to their level and, and destroy you with experience. <laughs> and it, it's the truth, man. Like you see these people write these impassioned kind of responses to like some knob jockey that's, that's yeah. made an uneducated comment or, or, you know, whatever it is, you know, just said, fucking... CrossFit sucks, and, you know. These guys write these these long, uh, long responses, and it just never works. No, and that is no. the same with everything. Exactly, it's the same with everything. You know, like you you, you you write an opinion on any topic on social media, and it'll be instantly you'll be trolled back, and then it'll just start up. So I mean, you know, the only way you know to get any kind of relief from that is from time to time when it just gets beyond, you know beyond annoying is is to just like write a one word like response like you're a cock <laughs> and then uh and, and just hope that you can drink just hope that you can draw them into a into a battle you know because no, again it comes down to it like and i've done this successfully a couple of times and i only try to do it like once a year or whatever but, you know you get in there and like you, you just say like you go like 
do 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 you know arrows up you're a fucking penis and then the guy will write a you know like a, I suppose you're a crossfitter and then write why crossfit's bad again and they go it doesn't change anything you're still a penis yeah. and then, you, know, you stick to your guns you know yeah. you keep it simple you yeah. know and you just burn them until they're like you know with with just fucking grade five like comebacks you know <laughs> and you win you fucking win you know like uh, and that that there's nothing that they can say to you when you're just like you know, mocking them in a retard voice, you know, like it's, it, it just, it, it just works every time, you know, like someone, someone's, uh, someone's saying something clever and witty to you, you know, and then that's it, you got them, you win. But that's politically incorrect for you, you can't say that, bro. Oh, yeah, I oh, know, man, I oh, know, I oh, know, I'm going to go home and self-flagellate oh, later. <laughs> feel very guilty. But I mean, you know, like, and that was, uh, I guess, you know, the PC thing too, just hark back to the army days, like one of the fucking coolest things about sitting in a, um, you know, a group of, of boys, you know, out bush, um, you know, practicing to be, um, to be badasses, you know, at the end of the day when you're sitting around sort of eating fucking tin food, you know, hoping it doesn't rain on you that night. The conversations are the furthest thing from politically correct. They're the furthest thing from correct in any, in any sense of the word, you know, like, and they're, they're often like, you know, you'll have guys, you know, really intelligent dudes, you know, I remember a guy who ended up being in the SAS, he was a real serious guy, and uh, I think he's a doctor now, like, he he, uh, he was sitting down reading Les Mis, which is a, you know, yeah, epic, was, epic yeah. book by Victor Hugo, you know, about a period in French history, and yeah, so I, I know, sort of like, it's Les Mis, you know, I've seen it around, you know, like, I had a crack at reading it once, and I've got a chapter in, but, um, uh, so I was, you know, talking to this guy. He's pretty impressive. And then, like, he put his book down, and we're sort of sitting around, you know, eating our uh, eating our rations or whatever. And um, I think the conversation was something something as dumb as like, who do you think you'd win in a fight out of uh, eel man and dog man? Uh, this dude had just been reading lame ears, who's you know now a doctor sat there, and everyone sort of pondered it for a bit. Said, Is it eel man electric eel man or just an eel? <laughs> oh no, it's just like a normal eel. Is it in water or is it? Like- <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, it's just like this, this like turns into a had nothing, you know, like and that's and it sort of just goes on, and they're like, yeah. You know, well, so when well, I was tie off on your forty six year old thing, because you're really you're really zeroed in on that. And I Jimmy, think you forty six, <laughs> no, I'm forty five, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. motherfucker. <laughs> but, no, think, well, it's just kind of funny, you know, the people are really fucking old, forty six. I mean, you know, you're almost dead. Nah, <laughs> but I think I think I don't think anyone thinks that. I mean, I'm thirty seven, man. Like, I, no, well, well it, yeah. it's more interesting for me. Like, I understand that people, like, you could be thirty five, twenty five. It doesn't really matter. But your behaviour can change. You can get really unhealthy. Yeah, but yeah. but what more interests me is like. Like, what is the limit of age? Like, if, if my behavior is everything I can do, like, what does my biology dictate? So basically, Christian and I have done some train, like rowing training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to work out if I can get faster or not. Oh, yes, you can. Yeah. Well, well pretty much I've been plateauing for eight months. Yeah, so I, so I watched the way that he rode. And yeah. I, I took him through the way that we wrote, like a, yeah. what, how you meant to. Yeah. And but he's been timing himself on short sprints. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but if you t- if you took the if you took the um, mechanics of the way that we row, and you're you're timing yourself on longer periods of time, and and so you can you can defer from seconds and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, and then bring it back to your sprint. Oh yeah, it looks so so. If you're talking on the rower alone, on the rower alone, mm. you know just getting more technically proficient and developing yourself across different energy energy pathways um yeah yeah like 
without a doubt if it's just a rower fine but you know the 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 even quicker answer to that is you know what are we talking about you're talking about a 500 meter sprint no, uh, 150, yeah. So, so, ba- so basically, minute sprint. So basically, I've been the same time for okay, eight, like eight nine months. Yeah. So oh, I, look. So, so I've been doing it for with, three years, and within two, within in the last nine ten months, I'm exactly the same. Within two months of you continuing with your uh, with your you know focus on the goal of rowing, if you just added squats and deadlifts, just squats and deadlifts, and, and yeah, you know, and and a pull up. Let's say so, bare minimum. Uh, once a week, you deadlift three sets of five, and you uh, back squat three sets of five, and um, do whatever you're capable of on a pull-up bar, yeah. or um, you know, and, and there are ways around that. You just need to ask Christian, or you know, yeah. like sing out to you know whoever around you can help you out with with you know technique and advice yeah. on those movements. If you did that for two months, three sets of five once a week. Uh, let's say Monday you do the deadlift, um, Wednesday you do the the back squat. So the deadlift basically that's helping my my back. Your posterior chain. Yeah. Okay, which is I, I which guess, is so core and back. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. And the heavier you get, the stronger your middle will get because a deadlift, the success of a deadlift or a squat, uh, or a pull up or a um, strict press or um, a snatch or a clean and clean and jerk or um, a bench press, anything, anything uh, where you're trying to control external weight to a to you know make yourself stronger and to to develop yourself, you know, um, in so that regard. Okay, so it sounds like basically what I noticed with 150 is that um, it's it's kind of like a 400 meter sprint, yep. uh, like running. Like yep. like basically, I reckon for me, I don't know how you feel. Boy, it's my <laughs> It's just like a one-on-one PT session. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I reckon yeah. You know, if you did that, if you chuck the squats and the deadlifts, fuck in, you. I'm just going to continue. <laughs> yeah, the, the squats and the deadlifts. Two months, very basic. Squats and deadlifts, two months. Uh, chuck some pull-ups in if you, if you know. If you, but just on squats and deadlifts alone, two two months of doing uh, once a week on each, um, three sets uh, three sets of five after a warm up, you would you would rip seconds off your uh, off your rowing time. Seconds off one fifty easily. Easily, you have to do it now. <laughs> We're putting this. Out no, there. this, this, this is this time, is like, yeah. uh, dude. I would I would bet my house on this. I just bought it. Are you I, serious? I love it. Yeah. So you reckon this is tr- true? Because cause basically, of course it's true. Because I don't know. Like like I'm already pretty fast, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I always say. That's why people ask me why I'm not training. No, I'm no, already like, pretty like, fast. Like, like I'm better than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like and basically, I'm already doing chin ups. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And pull-ups. I'll, I do squats a little bit. I never do deadlifts because I'm always worried about my back. And you look at where your row's at now, <clears> right? So you row for 150 metres. Like you are saying before, you're 40, you're 89 <laughs> years old. And you, and you fucking, your 150 metre row is faster than mine. And I'm 29 years old. Yeah. And I do a lot of deadlifts and squats, you know. And your row is fast. Your sprint row, 150, is faster than mine. So it's not like you're at a point, you're not like, your plateau is in a point where you're like, fuck, my plateau is so shit, you know? Like oh, yeah. You're, you're at, you've already come, this, you know, it's like, you're at, you're reaching that level, like Phil was saying, that it's like, if you're starting to look at, you know, how exactly. you can take milliseconds off that and stuff, shit like that. But, but I mean, I mean, my question is, um, like, I'm taller than you, so I know I've got an advantage there. Yeah, but I've got better rowing technique than you. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and then but, I lift more than you do. Oh, and, you know, so... By a long way. But yeah. but the thing... But what I'm kind of interested in is, like, is this as good as it, as good as it gets? Like, for me, like, is this everything I can do? Nah, nah. 
No, never go quietly into the night. You've got heaps of potential, man. Everyone's got heaps heaps more potential than they've got currently. Oh, oh sorry. No, they've, they've got a long way to improve. Uh, so that was, a, that was a weird thing to say. You've got more potential than you've got. No, everyone's, everyone's, got, everyone's, got, everyone's, got, a, everyone's got a huge amount of potential. Everyone's got a huge amount of potential past what their what their life is 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 yeah, yeah yeah and that that goes for even people that are training really hard you know they can they can everyone can improve everyone can get better at things you know everyone can learn new skills everyone can um, you know develop and you know I, you can't ever think that it's too late to learn things it's you know it's too late to expand yourself you know expand your mind and you know it's and that applies to you know physical fitness that applies to you know listening to music you know like all sorts of shit. You know, if you sit there and like, I mean, what's the fucking point if you sit there and go, this is the end? And so many fucking people do it, man. I live with my mother-in-law and she's fucking, she, one of those, you know, she's one of those, one of those old loves that sits there and says, I'm pretty sure I've got fucking bowel cancer, but I'll never go to the doctor and all that sort of thing. You know, she, she sits there and like, oh, it's, you know, like you you just, you sort of sit there and go, oh, like she's given up. She she wants to be, she's, she's romancing about the idea of being, you know, old yellow that fucking, you know, that gets a bullet. (laughs) That's it, you know, like, come on, for fuck's sake, there's still plenty of like good things to come in your life. And, and, you know, so many people are, so many people just give it up, you know, like you shouldn't, you got like, whether it's, whether it's trimming that row, row, row right down to, you know, 19 seconds or whatever, like, it's there's still there yeah, physically you're capable of i mean to me also like if you just sit there it's boring yeah yeah like basically nothing matters really like if i get to 21 who gives a shit but but the thing is for me if i try to get to 21 the process of doing it is fun you know yeah you know it and, should be and like it, it really doesn't matter but but basically if i can get to that next hurdle it means i'll want to turn up i want to do something yeah yeah so yeah yeah so so basically, yeah. And goals are addictive. Like having goals are addictive. Yeah, totally. Know? So, are you going to do deadlifts this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never done deadlifts, but I could give it a go. So, like, you're going to sign squats. up for CrossFit Adventure Turn and you're going to come down and train under Phil? <laughs> oh, man. Maybe. And you owe Phil $50 for this personal training. And all that while, Christian's, Christian's going to devote himself to getting that, getting that <laughs> Get 150 meter yeah. 20 years. I wake later. up, i got a photo of Jeremy on my wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At it. When you're three three years into hundred, you've got to get yeah, that exactly. shit happening, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. Oh, Once man. the challenge has been thrown down, it's... It's there forever. It's, we'll never. Oh, he, he came over and he rode and he got his. And I was like, "Shit, he's going hard, man!" <laughs> and then I jumped on the roller and his time was better than me. And I went hard out. As yeah, well, yeah. While trying to show good technique, you know. And oh man, like, it's it's a hell yeah. of a thing, the roller. You know, you get off it sometimes and you feel like the walls are collapsing. Yeah. You, you know, like yeah. your mouth goes dry. It's like yeah. harder than a first oh, date. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> so, something Jeremy could probably look at and then something that's going to bridge us into the next Tiara. thing I want to talk about if you feel is steroids. Have you thought about well, steroids? Well, yeah. well, no. <laughs> so I want to get into steroids because I think it's um, it's recently, well, for I think for us and a, probably the Would general you- public, it's become a lot more... I think people are getting more aware of it because yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's like seen as a lot more common. Just, it's just huge in UFC at the moment because they've got really string, str- stringent drug testing at yep. the moment and people are getting busted and everyone's like, oh my God, they're on steroids. And for me, it's not, not a big surprise. I don't know if that's just because I've read more shit or researched it more. Yeah, but yeah. I think, you know, and, you, and then to the other end of the scale, you look at CrossFitters and they are 
some of them look like fucking mutants. Oh, and man, like, yeah. They have to be on steroids. Like, or just, yeah, yeah any sort of PED. Like, yeah. yeah, or, yeah, anything that... Yeah, oh, but let's, yeah, yeah, so, like, steroids is, you know, like, performance-enhancing drugs is, is like, let's sort of address that, I guess. You yeah. know, I mean, um, it kind of depends, doesn't it? Like, you know, if, if, when you're talking about it in the context of uh, a competitive sport, you know, um, let's, let's, let's talk about the more serious end of it, like UFC. If you, um, if you put in someone who is a long-term performance-enhancing drug user, uh, into uh, into a cage with a guy who isn't, um, there is that distinct advantage. Yeah. Uh, physically, there's a distinct advantage. And it advantage. can be dangerous for that other guy. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, so the, the one, the, the athlete that's been, um, you know, consistently um, training with the help of um, PEDs, you know, that that is an ethical issue. You know, because it, it's going to one give him an advantage, you know, to win the sport, and that goes for any sport, whether UFC or boxing or or anything like it, kickboxing, uh, any combat sport or any contact sport for that matter, like uh, rugby league, rugby union, uh, AFL, anything like it. There is a, a an actual if we talk about that that advantage, you know, being made, you know, quite distinct. Um, there's there's a danger to the the people that aren't doing it. You know, because they're they're not going to be up to the same physical ability. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, with a combat sport, you can get fucked up by a, a big big dude on the roids, can't you? I mean, yeah. like uh, you see Mark Hunt at the moment. He's you know, he's, he's kicking and screaming. He's just been um, he's just been beaten by Brock Lesnar, who's had two two positive test returns. A and B, yeah. Yeah, not not fucking shocking, really. It's like <laughs> look at the guy. You no, know, yeah, really. And it, well, you know, the guy's like been in the. In the WWE now, okay. So let's go to the context of the WWE. Is there a problem ethically with performers, entertainers taking steroids? See, I don't think. Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah. No way. Like you know, there there are you know, there's the thing with the thing with PEDs and and you know steroids and things that are sort of there to uh, to you know make you feel younger, longer, and you know be able to train harder and and get more volume in and you know build up to uh, beyond your genetic potential. Um, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's only a problem when it becomes a, a competition, you know, yeah. only a problem when it becomes uh, a competition where nominally, uh, you know, it's a clean sport. But, you know, when you're talking about, uh, let's say, an actor who, who needs to look, look right for a role, you know, uh, he wants to move from you know being a being a art house indie kid to a you know a double double Beretta fucking shooting <laughs> slow mo guy like in X amount of time. Yeah, look, he he's crazy if he doesn't use yeah. pads. He's crazy, like, uh, and I'm sure that like I'm sure that in the uh, the action industry in Hollywood, like they're just done. Like they're <laughs> they're not just done, but they're done. I think you you, you have to go a long way past. Uh, you wouldn't have to go a long way past them to find some <clears throat> some pretty knowledgeable guys on on uh, developing yeah. you know people who are using performance enhancing drugs and the people that train Hollywood stars. Uh, past that, you know, obviously bodybuilders, you know, they know it because it's it's yeah. always been a part of their sport. You got un- unregulated powerlifting divisions that, that use it. You know, the West Side Barbell type guys. You know, they've they've um, you know they've kept uh, drug testing out of their sport. So you know, it comes down to it where you know a division like that, a sport like that who are really, they've really planted their flag and said that we want to find the limits of human potential 
you know, and that that includes people using performance enhancing drugs and, and having no consequences for that. Um, you know, that that's they've they've said, you know, this is what we do. If you compete there naturally and expect, you know, to do as well, you know, you're kind of deluded, right? So, you know, they've said this is a drug league. Yeah. You know, no one's gonna get like it's not a, you know, a combat sport or a contact sport. So this so this is a this is a uh, a sport where we use drugs and um you know we're going to be stronger than everyone else and they are you know they're stronger than everyone else yeah you know, they're, they're stronger than um people who've submitted to you know the uh, water and you know asada and you know all, all these uh, anti-doping agencies you know and the same you know like it, it's only when honestly it's only when there's that that pretense of of being drug free that shit gets really bad. You that's right. If it's not a clean, if it's not a fair playing field, I think that's what it. It's like it's got to be a fair playing field where they say either yeah, everyone can be on steroids because yeah. then it's uh, it's it's everyone, and yeah. then we know it goes back to everyone's on roids, so it goes back. Yeah, to the same in and UFC, that, it goes back to the strike. The issue the there, the issue there is the money, the money, the money. You know, like it's like uh, it's like these fucking league teams that breach the salary cap. Yeah, they're gonna win. Yeah. They're gonna win. They're gonna be the winning team, aren't they? They, yeah. you know, they they buy the best players. They're gonna be the winning team. So you know, largely it's the richest club or the club that has the most, um, the most you sponsorship. know sponsorship and backing, right? So those same clubs are gonna have the best drug programs too, aren't they? So you know, you've got the best players, best drug programs yeah. because you get the most money. So like the poorer clubs, well, you know, and you could substitute the <laughs> word clubs for athletes are gonna be, you know, they're gonna be, you know. They're gonna be in trouble. Yeah. Well, you look at <laughs> look at the way the peptides sweat yeah. through everything. I mean, they, they might, you know, they, they'll be the guys. They'll be the guys that getting the dodgy, you know, the dodgy fucking Stanazol caps. You know, they're the yeah. guys that like not getting <laughs> not getting the right gear, and the other guys are getting, you know, like you know, pure grade yeah. straight from a doctor that that you know yeah. quality tests the stuff. Uh-uh. Yeah, you know, and I mean that's like we're talking about Essendon, and you know, they were pretty established programs, really. Like yeah. you know, that got these guys all performing at the, the, the level yeah, they were yeah. so i mean you know that for that for that sort of thing you know it's 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 a little bit unethical so in professional sports you'd say it, it'd be better if it were clean in, in that regard because you know morally and ethically it, it can't be an even playing field you know the the underdog will never be in with a shot mm. because they can't afford it and also like there's a health consequence as well isn't there yeah, well, like um, you know, there's there's some interesting, you know, there's some interesting viewpoints on that. You know, uh, you know, quite often when there's an illegal, an illegal, um, illegal drug, there's a lot of um, a lot of propaganda that's been pushed over the years about you know uh, side effects, you know, reefer madness kind of, you know, um, reefer madness effect of like you know if you taste the pot, you will most certainly axe murder your grandmother. Or, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then there's a little you bit of... Or your stepmom. Yeah, yeah. There's a, little, there's a little bit of that. Um, there's a little bit of that, you know, with steroids as well. You so know. you reckon it's overplayed? Yeah, a little bit, you know. There's, there's, there's like the, you know, this guy fucking lost his lost the plot and had roid rage and fucking tore his wife in half or whatever. Mm. You, you hear that sort of thing it, and you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, there's no way he would have been violent without it, you know. No, you know, I, I think there's a lot of bullshit um, in and around, you know, steroid use. But I think... Um, so, so, do you guys, have you used before? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have, yeah. And How I like you? it. I think yeah. it's good. Yeah. Oh, really? yeah. yeah, I got I got told when I was 17 to come back to footy after doing a course so I was heavier. Yeah. You know, so... So, from what I've read, like, basically, once you stop, you just pop back to what you were anyway. 
Oh, yeah, I mean, if, if, that, if, it's, if it's not, if it's, there are ways to manage it. So this comes down to the educated the educated user versus the, um, you know, the, the you know, I read, it, I read it on the internet's kind of <laughs> user. You know, you've got, uh, you know, this is why like professional athletes, you know, they use it well because they're being guided. You know, you look at, um, have you followed the Lance Armstrong thing at all? Like, you, do you know, have you, oh, there's some great docos, really, really, uh, yep. the Armstrong right. lie and, and um, Lance was on Rogan and, recently. Uh, yeah, Lance was yeah, on Rogan yeah, and we yeah, watched yeah. Um, At All Costs. Yeah, yeah, Rogan. right. So, um, you know, you got the, the US Tour de France team, um, you know, those guys were under the under the guidance and tutelage of a doctor who was, you know, a, a evil genius in this kind of regard. He, he, okay. he, uh, you know, he'd, he'd make sure that it was done perfectly and um, in done... In terms of health? Ter- well, yeah, in terms of, well, in terms of maximising performance because, you know, when, when money money talks... Yeah, yeah, know, like the it, correct application to get... Yeah, to, to get to the, the best level you can. And, and, I mean, when you're talking about that, you know, there, there, there's never been... You know, with steroids, really, there's never been long-term, um, long-term, widely cast studies. Yeah, so yeah. you know, because it's illegal, so universities can't test steroid users because it's illegal to do it. It's interesting in Lance Armstrong's case because, like, like I thought it was basically improve your power, and his thing was an aerobic thing. Yeah, and yeah. So EPO, they were using a different, different performance-enhancing drug. Okay. So, uh, so was that um, enhancing his oxygen? Like yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Capacity, to yeah, yeah. The muscle, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, so without... he, was doing, he was doing blood transfusions like between races. And yeah, stuff, so blood right? do- blood doping. Um, yeah, right. So you know, blood, the the principle behind blood doping is removing uh, you know a liter of blood up to a liter of blood and uh, freezing it in, in a certain way in a certain temperature so as to preserve it. Uh, you know, and then leaving a, a buffer for the body to. Um, to replenish itself so to to bring that blood supply back up okay um and then reintroducing the blood um so you've got extra extra blood you know this is this needs to be done well and properly so basically um in his case the rest of his body can like increase like yeah so a guy like lance armstrong with a heart that strong you know like this is you know years of training hard as well you know what you're talking about with that extra blood and, and this is you know there's epo is a different thing but um yeah you know when you're talking about the blood doping side of it what what that means is more oxygenated blood to your muscles so okay. that feeling you get when your uh, lactic acid is screaming you know like yeah, so yeah. people think lactic lactic acid is actually you know this acid that goes through you it's, it's it's what's happening is your muscles are crying out for oxygenated blood exactly yeah if you've got more oxygenated blood boom gets to the muscles yeah yeah um you know that's as, as simply as, as it can be put i guess and that's my understanding of it um that, that's that's so the blood doping is just creating more white blood cells more oxygenated blood so you know if you take it taking the the oxygen goes to your um goes to your heart you know through your lungs um and you know the the de- you know the red blood cells which are um, ones that have delivered the oxygen to your muscles uh, come back through your body back to your heart your heart yeah right it's quite quite interesting like I didn't realise that so basically one type of steroid can increase O2 and another type of steroid oh no no not a steroid it's not not a steroid no anabolic steroids are uh, you know more uh, to build build your strength yeah well well, I mean that was my concept of steroids so, so then we're talking. He's talking about blood. It, it, it kind of depends how you train. Like, uh, you know, so bodybuilders use steroids. What's blood doping? So that's what he, what he was talking about just then. Like, if if you're if you're 
um, if you're taking blood out at a certain time when you've got a lot of oxygen in it, and then you reintroduce that blood with those um, with with a lot of that's right, I feel yeah, highly yeah, saturated with, yeah, oxygen, with yeah. high yeah oxygen levels. Then you're going to perform it a better because there's so there's so much more oxygen getting through your yeah more really? more yeah. blood more blood means more oxygenated blood essentially. I mean, yeah, it, right. it, like if you so, if, so, like, if, if like, you if like, you do it if you do it if I if I uh, did it to someone who was out of condition. Mm. Uh, and you just put more blood in yeah. them, and then made them made them try and That's do strange. the do the do the you know the hills hills in the Tour de France, they'd die. Like what people they, do, they'd die. They'd, they'd have a heart attack. They'll go train at high altitude, and then they'll remove yeah. that blood, yeah. and then they'll go go down to where they're performing and reintroduce that high that that blood that they. So get. richer oxygen is yeah. that. That's that's essentially what they're doing there. So you got so and like like one liter of blood in the context of however many liters you're saying makes a difference. Well, if, I think what they're trying to say yeah. is if you yeah. look at it, if you look at look at it mathematically, the blood to oxygen ratio is totally different. Like you've got a higher saturation of oxygen in that blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It better mean like how much blood has been transfused in that point. Oh, look I, again, man. You know, like that. This is what we're talking about. Like you, you can't backyard blood dope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like steroids is something that you can just get. Vets have steroids. You know, like um, you got you know. That's it's, it's a different ball game, and it's like again, a uh, human growth hormone is kind of a level up. Um, again, probably more accessible to sort of you know people on the street or whatever. Um, but it's horses for courses, you know. Um, performance enhancing drug for a cyclist isn't going to be a performance enhancing drug for a powerlifter, yeah, and right. vice versa. Okay, and yeah, you know, like know with, with steroids, all we're doing is we're putting in more testosterone to our bodies than our balls can produce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. We, we we so when as we get older as well, our testosterone levels come yep. down naturally, yep. Yep. and we're just trying to keep them up. Yeah. When you would look at something like human growth and peptides and stuff. With peptides, you're introducing. So when we go to sleep and stuff like that, we have a we have a growth reaction. So with peptides, you usually take them as a couplet or something like that, yep. and you'll have what you do is you make that growth reaction in your body happen more often and happen and make it longer lasting. So when we go to sleep and and that's when your body rejuvenates and stuff like that, um, that that one peptide will will make that react that action of of growth and repair to your muscles happen more often while you're like asleep and stuff like that. Okay. And then and make and once that just say if it was like a boom, like it make that that happen longer. And that's the way the peptides are getting used now. I think I think, you know, when it all comes down to it, like any athlete is, or, or or you know, well, I'll, I'll be honest, like a, just someone like me that just likes to be in the gym and not feeling like I'm eighty five years old. <laughs> or, um, or forty-five. Yeah, yeah. Well like, you know, I just you know, you you you're seeking um for me, like I, I just, I love, I love the gym. I love sort of mucking around, being physical and training. Um, and I think, like, what anyone that has ever used a, a steroid or or any performance enhancing drug, whether they're an athlete or a gym rat, it doesn't matter. What what they'll tell you is that the drugs don't do the work for you. Yeah, you yeah. still do the work. It, it the drugs depends. allow you to work Go a bit more. Further, yeah. Work more. No, it's not even so much as going further as like is it is it gets you across the line and it maintain you're able to maintain your consistency in training and you're able to like stay on the gym floor and make sure you're hitting those percentages. Like where otherwise psychologically, I mean, it, it does transfer into the psychology a lot because you the way you're feeling psychologically you can you can look at a program and a plan and say, I can do that. You know, I believe in myself enough to do that. I'm here today and, you know, like 
that's got to get done and it, it, I, I can do it. Whereas if you know your testosterone, like this is in the case of steroids, if your testosterone levels are low and you're looking at a, a, you know, a task that's ahead of you, you know, you're running away from it. You know, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it is, it's a physicality thing, you know, it is just too hard for you to do that day because you've already done this, this and this and it's all built up. Yeah. Whereas if you're, you know, on a constant, let's say like a, a um, base of testosterone, uh, not blasting with any kind of, uh, you know, any oral steroid or anything like that. But if you're on a sort of a base of testosterone, you've got that same fire in the belly that you had when you were sort of 20. Okay. You know, like you, you, you what you did yesterday isn't bogging you down today. Okay. If that makes sense. You, you, you kind of, you've recovered a bit more. You've okay. psychologically, you're feeling a better like you're still sore you're still fucked up you know it doesn't change any of that stuff it's just it's just a little bit of an edge that it gives you the next day and then the next day and over time that that significantly improves your physicality okay and in a way that you can maintain yeah like, i mean like, like the, beyond taking the drug yeah look you know that you always i mean there was a guy i was a, um, in the army with who, who was a bodybuilder and um the dude had a heart attack at age 29 yeah yeah i've heard that died you know that's pretty bad you know like it's you know but that said you know again it sort of comes down to how you use it and the way you train the way you eat you know like there's a lot of things about um you know competitive bodybuilding that that even competitive bodybuilders will tell you fucking crazy crazy hard on the health yeah yeah like when they yeah 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 you know so a lot a lot of the things that they do there like it's tough stuff you know um it's it's like the mmr yeah, or like, like we watch Corey do it, you know, and it's yeah. just like hectic on oh, the oh, it's, yeah. Him. But I mean, like, and they, and they they pay a big price to to get what they're getting, you know, which is mm. getting enormously big muscles and very little fat, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. like to get very very big and strong and be very very lean. It, mm. It's it's almost a it's almost a paradox. It's tough, yeah. It's well, a paradox, it's, you know. It's like, not sustainable. No, no. You look at like the the powerlifters, you know, they're crushing it worldwide. There's always a generous amount of fat on them. No, you know, they're not fat fucks, you know. And some of them are mm. quite, you know, they've got quite defined muscles. But if you look at the difference between their physique and the physique of a bodybuilder, bodybuilders yeah. are like shrink wrapped, man. Mm. You know. They're, so yeah. basically, these guys, like, you know, when we had a chat a couple of weeks ago, like they were very like um like praising like for you um and i was just wondering like what it was you know that they resonated with you like like you seem to be able to bring out their best performance um so uh if you want to get into that but (laughs) 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 basically i've been thinking about the whole night so i'm gonna ask at some point go but 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 basically it seemed to what i was wondering is like so it seems like you've got a hardline militant approach. Um, like let's say I was doing like a pussy squat in the background. Like yeah. Would you, so for whatever reason, they seem to respect your opinion and you seem to be able to motivate them. And so I've spoken to Christian that, you know, certain people, they bring out the best in you. Yeah. So like if I was doing sort of something pussy in the background, would you, well, yeah. You know, like, 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 would you go the same intensity with me, or do you kind of feel out where different people are at? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, if, yeah. if, uh, if I didn't feel out where people were at, I wouldn't have a Yeah, but, because to me, yeah. like, to me, um, you know, as, as per our last podcast two weeks ago, which the 18 viewers have you listened to. <laughs> 18? <laughs> Did we get that many? Yeah, That's right. awesome. <laughs> yeah, 19, 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
so basically, like, it, like what I sort of got, it really matters a lot how they relate to you. Yeah. So basically, if they have a certain thing that's, like for me, if it's football coach kind of thing, it doesn't work for me. But if it feels like they're enjoying it the way I am, there's a certain warped view of the pain that we both can enjoy. Yeah. And so I was just wondering, like, do you, do you just have a thing where basically, like, you know, Peter's my father, you know, like, I'm, I'm <laughs> like, I, like, like, pretty much, I'll, I lead with that when I introduce myself. <laughs> 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 hey, guys. Yeah. Peter Crossgrove's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all I am. I actually wear a t-shirt with his face on it. <laughs> yeah. Australian of the year. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah, the thing, the thing with me is the reason why if, if Phil's saying to me, go harder or something like that, it's because I can see he's just as, as invested as I am in improving yeah. myself, you know, and I know that he's put himself through the shit yeah. training that I'm doing at that moment, you know? So, like, so basically, like, if Peter was right beside you, like, he's going to go way more wussy. Is, are you talking about his cousin? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my cousin, <laughs> yeah. So do you feel like Phil would kind of find a way to, you know, to, like, lock onto what Peter kind of needs? Definitely. It individualize everyone's okay, like in yeah. the yeah the way the the level of training that they're at it'll yeah. be the way that he like motivates them would be individualized to everyone in that and also it's not it's not just their level it's their psychology so it's basically like what we're talking about like some people are kind of they want that militant football coach kind of smash them over the head and other people just want to sort of enjoy it and kind of like it's a different kind of approach yeah yeah exactly yeah. And I mean like uh, you know. <laughs> In, in this sort of thing that, you know, in the coaching thing that, that, that I do, you know, I mean, I, I sort of play a bunch of different roles, you know, and it depends on the on the person. But, you know, sometimes you'll have someone that just no matter what, you know, what face you give them as a coach, it's not right for them. You know, they, yeah. they'll just move along, you know, and that... Uh, they're called pussies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Haters. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, and that's the thing, you know, like... Uh, you just there are always going to be people who yeah, who, sure. you just can't you exactly. just you just can't it's pretty much the same in any related yeah. Like, yeah i mean like um i think you know with the, with the the nature of the kind of gym that 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 um that we put together a few years ago you know it was um all along of there's been a few things that have that have like helped me be better at at trying to relate to people and like to start with you know it's I fucking depend on every single person that walks through the door because like it's not a big gym and I need to fucking make a living. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's you know, yeah, good. So you know, so instantly like everyone ought to know ought to know that I need them. Yeah, like, yeah. I fucking I need them there. Uh, so like that just like yeah, put good. that put that aside. Uh, the other part of it too is like I don't have any other life outside of that, mm. and, and I, I don't feel like I really need to. You know, it's like the the kind of way that I've set it up is every day I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have my mates around. You know, like it's it's weird. It's it's like it's taking the place and knock off drinks. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot healthier for you too. <laughs> so like you know, when people finish work, I'm I'm the bartender. You know, like yeah, yeah. I, they come in and I'm like, hey, you know, talk talk a bit of shit. Um, they train, they get their things done. You know, um, I watch. I've watched from the start to wherever they're at now. Uh, I've seen, you know, where they where they kicked off and, and then how they've improved and or how they've developed or what they've been doing. In that time, I learn, you know, and, and I hope the other coaches do too, you know, they learn all about, like, you know, this person 
just bought a house, this person, you know, fucking their dog just died, whatever it is, you know, like there's all sorts of things going on with different people. And, you know, like, you know, what were you going to say about, uh, oh, okay. back to, like, uh, <laughs> so we go back to, uh, so like with going on from what Phil was saying, like, yeah, knowing the way that you can interact with yeah, each yeah. person is also a good thing. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty upfront and I'll, I'll, I'll run my mouth off with maybe some people in the class that don't like to hear what I say, but probably, probably that you definitely should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to use a lot of sexual innuendos when I'm saying brief, but, um, we, we have like just for, for instance, we have one girl in our gym we won't say her name but she'll come up to us and she'll say something like oh um christian i can't train tonight and we're like oh why is that and this this just happened to me the other night she's like oh why is that and i know i know the type of person she is and she's like oh uh because i i did it to the other leg and i was like oh what the cutting again and she's like yeah and so she's into she's into sexual cutting so she'll be having sex and while she's having sex someone's also cutting patterns into yeah, her legs oh fucking, really yeah. yeah but she knows we know about that jesus so she's like yeah so i did the sexual cutting on the other leg and i'm like all right sweet okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's like she keeps cut like she keeps coming in and like sometimes when and she telling you oh yeah and sometimes when she walks to the door we're like fucking put a bullet in my mouth <laughs> you know? oh, man. yeah like but but you know she's up front and she'll she'll say why she's sore and it's like sometimes it's like we don't need to fucking know why you're sore <laughs> just tell us that you tell us that your legs hurt or something not that you're sexually cutting so, while tied up so why is she telling you that just because she's honest like she's up front with yeah know. but like are you one of the trainers or something or yeah yeah i was i was, I was one of the trainers that night oh yeah. okay wow that is quite weird yeah like yeah you, and you get yeah like it's kind of almost like she wants to involve you in this situation oh, yeah. oh mate <laughs> I, like, yeah. oh, in, dude. My, in my time now i've heard some hilarious excuses but i'm sure you've heard everything oh, under the sun Phil. god man no I, I just you know a lot of the time yeah I, I just didn't expect it you know like yeah i sort of like a <laughs> You know, said earlier earlier in the piece tonight about you know my army career it was with all, all it was an all male corps. You know that that's changed now. You know, ladies can ladies can be in combat, but back when I was in the infantry, there was no no women in the corps. So, you know, I, I did my professional uh, all the years of my professional adult life up to the time when I opened a gym. Really, as a, as a as a combat soldier, as an infantryman, and. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have any experience really working, particularly working with women, but working with women where there's a dependency on, on them and having a good time and being satisfied. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to like put food on my, on my, on my plate. Yeah. You know, and provide for, provide for my, um, my wife and kid. You know, so like I, I, I uh, started, you know, working with girls and it, fuck, man, it's pretty hard. Like, <laughs> I, and I, you know, I, I say that, you know, I'm not, not, to be misogynist or anything, but like it's just, it's a different ball game psychologically yeah, totally. dealing with girls. And I've there's been a couple of occasions where I've just been fucking hit with a hammer of Thor by like the the icy change in in a you know in a, in a woman's psychology. Like how many times have I been done over by like high profile girls in the gym? Yeah, yeah. About yeah, I like just wear one minute we're close, close and thick as thieves, and then the next I haven't been attuned to. Some sort of subtle, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, idiosyncrasy of theirs, and, and you know, the the whole world's been turned upside. So is that is that because your default is kind of more go hard? No, I wouldn't like, say. Oh well, yeah. I mean, like, 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 in what way is it not resonating? 
I well, it's not. It's not that it's not resonating. I think I like, also do. You know, I, I think I've also developed pretty well. Like, I, I don't, I'm let's say I'm the woman whisperer. Like, it's nothing. <laughs> like, but you know, I've 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 been able obviously to to like, you know, do well with you know a lot of the the female sort of athletes in in the gym. You know, I've, yeah, I've yeah. been able to sort of develop them and coach I, them and do well with them. Um, but it's just yeah, it's just, and I think most girls would agree too. When, when, well, most women would agree that you know, the complexities and, and the 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 psychological complexities and, and, and all that sort of thing that women tend to, uh, I mean, in a gym so, environment, they tend to sort of use the gym as an outlet at times to kind of, you know. Uh, so like like when it's not working, like what's happening? Like, like Oh, no, you see, you don't know when it's not working for the most part. Like, you know, when, when uh, things go wrong with a female athlete, if the relationship's ours or whatever, like, like any sort of, Male female relationship, you're like, what the fuck happened there? They're women, they're fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's just interesting to know. Like, my assumption is that, like, you'd go to your default, which is probably just push hard, and they'd probably kind of. No, nah, it's not. It's not with the girls. It's not. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah but they but cry I, when you do. It's fucked. Like, oh, I, yeah, but, yeah. But, but I mean, there, there must be some kind of dynamic where you kind of go to your position, they go to their position, and it's not working. Uh, I've I, I've never seen that. Like Phil, I think yeah, yeah, but, every situation. Oh yeah, but but, but if you're saying that sometimes they they get shitty, like what I'm saying is like what's the common thread there between different. There situations? isn't a common thread. If there was a so, common so, thread, it'd be they, easier to lock onto. Yeah, but yeah. are you saying every every woman is different? Oh, every person is different. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, just uh, there is a distinct difference between um, male and female athletes. So uh, so how so? Like females go. Not as hard, or no, no, nothing of the sort. Females go fucking just as hard, if not harder, sometimes. Okay. Like some, like Sarah Petchel, like a uh, uh, um, girl in our gym, and biggest uh, headache of my, <laughs> of my, uh, uh, she's a she's a great lady, and then she's weird. She's like a sister, um, you know, an annoying sister. Like yeah, yeah, stress I, annoying. Um, <laughs> you know, she's uh this is this is a lady. She's um raising uh raising a little boy. Uh, Benny um, by herself. Um, we'll take out little. But yeah, no, yeah, well, he's well, he's like twenty four now. <laughs> yeah. no, no, so ben, Benny's uh, Benny's like a thirteen year old boy. He's um, you know looks looks in, in some ways looks a bit like Sarah, you know, and sort of follows follows her around everywhere, and they're best mates, you know. Um, but uh, Sarah's, you know, like like I guess you know any single parent, um, Sarah's sort of you know over the years found it pretty hard to to carve out something something that really she owns you know she she um sort of her own kind of distinct individuality which she's got in spades man she's a fucking nana like a very very different kind of uh individual you know and and, and interesting in that regard and don't give a fuck what you think of oh no no she's yeah. this chick is this chick is uh it's like great. she's brilliant with self-expression she's also uh she's also when she got into this um you know, in the strength training, she started at, at, at our gym. And from there, you know, like you could see, you know, she's a, a sort of a stockier girl, you know, sort of built like a Staffordshire Terrier. <laughs> and, um, you know, she her her take on the, um, on what it was doing for her was, you know, she wanted to be really good and graceful and fast, like uh, some of those sort of smaller and, you know, more... Uh, you know, leaner kind of girls, you know, who were who were doing great with the gymnastic stuff and all that sort of thing. But she found her strength in the in the, just the raw sort of uh, the strength of the you know squat, deadlift, bench press. So she wanted to not just do CrossFit but get into powerlifting. 
Um, and uh, so she's gotten into powerlifting and, and, and she's been doing that for a number of years now. And, you know, we've sort of supported her along the way, you know, albeit that it's, you know, not our specialty. Um, we, we sort of, you know, we, we support her and she's done really, really well, made herself super strong. Um, to the extent now where she's um, she's been to uh, world championships a couple of times now as a, as a representative of the Australian team. And, um, you know, so she's a really strong sort of girl. Um, but uh, I, don't know, I forget what the, where the, where the question is. Uh, I was just was talking going. about girls. Yeah, but no, like in terms of sort of how to relate to them and all that sort of thing. Like, so I, I really feel like uh, Sarah's, Sarah's kind of a girl, I, I, you know, a woman who I, who I have a lot of respect for in a lot of ways. And, um, and, and you know, she's, uh, she's the hardest working. Yeah, this was it, the work ethic. That was where I was going to get to. Okay. Her work ethic, um, her work ethic is unparalleled. From any of the uh, any of the sort of other you know really good athletes that I know and I've trained you know mm. I've, I've trained uh, you know a really good female Olympic weightlifter um, whose work ethic was good to an extent but then you know outside the comfort zone didn't go so well um, but you know with uh, with Sarah hers is a, a, a um, continuous grinding you know hard volume you know slog and you can see some days she's emotionally and physically exhausted but still getting in that volume because she's so uh determined to just you know be as good as she can be and i, I haven't seen too many guys that, that can match that kind of uh that kind of aggression and, and and fierceness over that amount of time a lot of time you know we got we got big strong you know super athletic guys you know like i think robbie wales you know and these guys are um you know explosive mm. powerful have all the sort of like tools to be to be genuinely very very athletic um but they just haven't they haven't got the same desire you know the same drive to be to be like at the top of their game like sarah you know she might not be the most natural sort of athlete that we've ever had step through the gym but uh you know it's it's testament to sort of you know if anyone ever says that you know girls don't have what it takes to to, you know, or, or the, the, you know, the drive or the will or the ambition to sort of be really at the top of their physical game. They have never met a chick like Sarah. So, I mean... It's, uh, it's reflected in their results. Like, she's doing a lot of going overseas and stuff. Oh, mate, yeah, it's, it's out like, of control, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, you could comfortably... You could get... You no. comfortably put her with any uh, any group of males in the gym to squat with. And, um, you know, if you put her with beginners or intermediate guys who are relatively strong, but, you know not experienced enough she'll be too strong for them she'll boss you yeah you know yeah, she could right. she could squat with christian any day of the week yeah yeah she's any squatting day more of the than week. me at the moment yeah, yeah. really got, yeah, yeah. She, her, de- her deadlift on on an average at the moment is probably heavier than mine like yeah, is she yeah. 170 or once is she your oh she's had she's done a 180 180 she's yeah 180 kilograms 182 kilograms yeah. wow yeah. She's is she your height or yeah she'd be on my height and she's just a bit stocky but the but it's like so she's bigger than you Oh, I'd say she. Oh, I don't know. if She'd weigh more because usually girls weigh lighter for some weird reason. <laughs> well, it's, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's like that. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd say it would be about muscle. the same weight. I reckon. Um, okay, yeah. she's pretty big. But she. This is you know. This girl puts in work. You know, yeah, and I've yeah. seen plenty of girls that put in work. You know, but then other times it's like you know, it's it's not just about putting in work. It's about you know, it's about how you push while putting mm. in the work as well. You know, can you find the intensity as well? Like, you know, the desire to succeed is it's easy to see in people. 
yeah, yeah. You know, like you, you can you can genuinely see it. See, a lot of people come up, you know, to to just suburban fucking gym coaches like me and say, I want to be great. And you're like, ah, bullshit. No, bullshit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, I, and, and anyone that really does want to be great, you know, they're not going to tell you until you've already kind of sussed it out yourself a bit as well. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, they, they'll tell you later on when you get to know them and you can, you know, bit by bit, you'll have seen already what they're doing and how they're pushing and the lengths that they're going to. And I mean, I, uh, you know, particularly even in, in inside CrossFit, I've seen athletes that have uh, that have begun, you know, at, at a certain level, and you see the 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 spark, the fire, and the dedication at, at getting, you know, at improving themselves, mm-hmm. and it's it's just easy to see, yeah. you know, and and I mean like a lot of people, you know, like it's just like a kid saying I want to be an astronaut, you know, like oh good, <laughs> you know, like you know, you're not doing anyone any favors if you indulge that shit without like telling them the sort of things that it's going to take yeah, yeah and i mean like it's, it's nothing i guess you know in that regard you'd never be a good coach if the requirement was that you knew personally what it took to be the very best because you'd have to have been the very best to be a good coach so you know like it's, it's a matter of you know like you just kind of you, you need to have known the very best and you need to have seen what they do and you need to have like you know, watched what they they've done as they've been doing it. You know, you need to have followed it a little bit and been interested in it. But you know, even then, it's kind of like you know, no one's ever a completely blank canvas in that regard. They've oh, got to totally. come in. They've got to come in with, if not the talent, then the fucking you know, uh, burning desire to really kick kick ass. So mm. yeah, I mean, you know, girls are girls are for mine probably like probably a little bit higher in the chain of of motivated and ambitious in in gym physicality than dudes so it seemed like you had to adjust your style a bit with women is that is that right like Uh, i'm just wondering what way i try not i try not to like i try not to like because i think girls like despite every you know despite you know society sort of pandering to them and pushing them in a certain way also appreciate candor. I don't think that they like being bullshitted too. Like okay. they'll go into a lot of gyms and it'll be like women only. You know, like and I just think like this sort Fanwoods. of Yeah, like women only gyms and 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 you know like F forty fives and all those things. Like you know all those like just fucking bullshit. You know, marketing driven like lying fucking scoundrels in the in the fitness industry who who. You know, I remember fucking doing a... Uh, I was just down visiting my parents in Canberra and I was at a gym. It was just a fitness first. And, and they're great now. They've got these functional fitness areas, you know, where they've got lifting platforms, good squat cages, you know, bumper plates, you know, barbells, all good shit, you know. Like, that said, still sterile because, you know, not that it's, like, cleaner than our gym. It's just not as used. You know, you, 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 you see our shit is used. Like, our, our kit's better, but it looks older and worn because it's used, it's loved. You know, and that's what gyms should be like. I went into this gym and I'm training and there's a PT, a personal trainer, and these fuckers, these parasites, they, they, <laughs> they got, uh, you know, they're always wearing, um, they're always wearing, um, you know, collared shirts tucked into... Polos, yeah. Yeah, polo shirts tucked into, um, you know, the latest fitness fitness dax or whatever and they go yeah they always got the wrong kind of shoes and like i'm not taking the piss there like you look at their shoes and they're and they're what they're doing is they're coaching or trying to you know pt'ing a 
uh, in this case, you know, when I was watching it, there's this guy who was PTing a, a, an attractive kind of, you know, let's say mid to late 20s girl. And uh, he was sitting there, he's this, this guy, you know, he's like maybe, maybe 70 kilos, ringing wet, um, you know, legs shaved, you know, looked like, you know, he knew his way around a, a push bike and maybe did a bit of swimming or something like that. He didn't look like a kid that wasn't athletic. But this guy, he's talking shit about powerlifting, you know, to this girl and, you know, but it was just like, it was such a, such an awkward, like, interaction between people. There's this guy, you know, and then he later on, he showed her these stretches and it looked like he was like trying to root her. Like he had her in this kind of like hip stretch where he was like, she was, you know, essentially he was kneeling behind her like he was doing a doggy style. <laughs> and he's like trying to hinge your hips back and all this sort of thing. And he's like t- taking her through it and like, how the fuck n- neither of them felt self-conscious about that. Like, I just think that, you know, that's the sort of thing that, you know, a lot of girls would be sort of, through marketing and culture and, and all that sort of thing be taught to expect or, or to want out of their training. And I sort of sat there and I thought, man, I've trained some fucking fire-breathing women, you know, some absolute stellar athletes that would, you know, that including a national powerlifting rep and a national Olympic weightlifting rep, you know, um, uh, you know, these, these girls at the pinnacle of the strength sports and they've got this, like, ass clown kind of PT who's like, you know, probably a year or two into his career, um, you know, getting more customers on his leg shaving than, than anything else. And he's doing this like, you know, crazy suggestive stretch with this chick. And I'm thinking like, he's just bullshitting. I, I watched the squats that he was pushing it through and there was nothing to it. And what it said to me was this, this like insincere, like interaction with, of the fitness industry with, women who could otherwise be you know yeah, more in, more inspired than they are but like you know a lot of the times you can't even get past that because a girl will walk into our gym you know who's expecting that kind of treatment and just like do a u-turn instantly that see it and they go fuck that's not for me is, you know, that, the, is there a babe oh no we've had babes <laughs> we've had babes you know we got, got babes down there yeah we got we got some great sorts down there but uh you know Fakies and shit. Yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you got like, man, there, there are plenty of fucking stunning girls in CrossFit, um, but uh, you know, and to, for mine, they're also like they're a fuckload cooler because they step into a gym that that isn't isn't designed to cater for for you know the myth of feminine weakness. Yeah, totally. You know, they they, they step in and they see dudes you know, swearing, grunting, sweating, bleeding, fucking, you know, putting chalk all over themselves, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, people lying flat on the floor in agony after a workout or, or, uh, a big, you know, trapzilla motherfucker like Robbie Wales doing a, you know, a huge deadlift where he screams as loud as he can at the top. And they, they see that and they go, yeah, I'll still work out here. And that's just like, yeah, yeah. it just shows a, shows a courage that, that I think that, you know, that the industry doesn't give them credit for having. And, and when they when they can do that, when they can sort of like see it and go, okay, someone's cutting through the bullshit and telling me that I can be fucking, you know, empowered, strong, you know, all that sort of shit, then that's cool. It's good. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, is your wife into this stuff? Ah, uh, no. Yeah, he, right. He doesn't, he, like, he doesn't want to... <laughs> it's a separate world. Yeah, doesn't want to... I don't ki- want worlds colliding. Doesn't, doesn't want to... <laughs> He's pretty married. Killing, killing, <laughs> killing independent yeah, George. Kill, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my missus has never been into it. I've never pushed her, but 
I, I've trained her a bit, uh, a couple of times, and I just know by the way I train her, Phil will probably back this up. You can't train your You misses. can't train your <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah and, and like as soon as she talks back, I want to punch her in the face. And then, and, and like, <laughs> it's just, and, and like if she, if she, charges if she, would, yeah, if she was real interested in coming in CrossFit, she would ask me to come down and she'd come down. But if she's not asking me, then I'm not going to ask her to come down, you know, like. Is that the same with you? No, at least she used to train, but she's just sort of never got back to it, you know. So I, don't yeah, know, right. I haven't pushed it, and I think eventually she'll come back to it. Yeah, it's it's you know like it's one of those things, man. Like uh, I, I myself, uh, like after a, a, I had a foot and knee surgery a couple of years back, and it took me forever to get back into it. You know it's there, and you know you want to get back into it sometimes when like life gets in the way a little bit. Mm. And I'm this I'm talking about you know I I was never completely out of it. You know like I'd always do some stuff, you know I'd strength train or, or whatever, but I'd never like wholeheartedly get back into it. And this took me a couple of years to pluck up the courage after these kind of um, injuries were resolved. Um, and you know for the last I guess you know, six seven months I've been I've been back into it fully. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, the boys will tell you, it's it's not an easy thing to step across the threshold when you've been out of mm. out of practice with it. it. It wipes you out. So, you know, people that have, like, been into it before and for whatever reason had a layoff, it, it's a fucking massive psychological hurdle to step oh, back into that intensity. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, likewise, is your, your partner into this as well, or...? Yeah, yeah, my partner's, uh, my partner, Your Lily, wife or? Yeah, yeah, she's my wife. Uh, we're our ninth year coming up of being married. We've been together for 15 years. Yeah. Um, and we got a little boy together. Uh, so we were together before we discovered this stuff. Uh, and I said to her, you know, for that, you know, for the reason I just talked about with the, 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 the girls, uh, you know, thinking that it could do really good things for girls, you know, I've seen, yeah, yeah. you know, kick goals that I'd never thought was possible for them because, you know, you only, exactly, you yeah. only get the bullshit. Um, I, uh, I encouraged her to do it and uh, I, I've forever regretted that <laughs> um, because, you know, it was one of those things I've, I've always been super passionate about. And I thought, you know, you should get into that. And, you know, I think it could really empower you. But little did I fucking suspect that she would become 10 times the athlete that I ever was. Really? Uh, oh, absolutely, man. Wow. She, she, um, she, uh, well, she, she's not training seriously now. She's got no um, ambitions or anything to, to be a top level athlete anymore. Um, but a few years back, she was in the top 10 at the Australian New Zealand regionals, at the CrossFit Games. Really? So wow. yeah, she's a, she's a beast, I mean, and could be far better than she is if she if she ever knuckled down and got back into it. And that's up to her if she wants to or not. But past that, she was a solicitor at the time, a lawyer, um, when she got into it. And it took uh, it took about eighteen months of a training before uh, she was hot. You know, she just hated hated sitting in an office. You know, hated you know air conditioner straight above her. You know, like just didn't like office life. Uh, and uh, you know we talked I said I want to you know like I'd been saying I wanted to own a CrossFit gym we were going to the one at Cooparoo I just thought it was the coolest thing I wanted to just you know hang out hang out in the gym all day and learn and fuck around and okay. anyway she was by this point getting pretty good and then uh, the old old fellow that we were talking about earlier Matt uh, the, the weapon 46 year old yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he uh, he he um, you know he was he owned this gym that we were going to and uh I said a little, you know, she said, I said, why don't you ask Matt if he can work at CrossFit Brisbane? And uh, so she sort of said, 
oh, you know, I'm going to you take me? And I said, oh, I'll leave it with me. You know? So I did a bit of like subliminal stuff saying, oh, geez, you know, I'd really love to work for you guys. And, and, and uh, I said that to Danny, who was one of the other coaches there. And as I was leaving, uh, as I, I knew that Matt thought Lily was fucking awesome. You know, like he, I remember the first time he met her, he said, how the fuck did you marry a supermodel? And I was like... <laughs> I said, you know, they said, yeah, you're a lucky bloke or whatever. I said, luck had nothing to do with it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you so, know who I am, mate? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> me and Cosgrove. So, uh, <laughs> so no, I, uh, I um, was driving out of the car park one day and Max, Matt boxed me in with his car and he got out and he said, mate, I wanted to talk to you uh, before I you know, say anything to Lily, but uh, I was thinking of offering her a job. <laughs> so I like done the... I like to think it was Machiavellian, but you know, anyway, <laughs> Matt, Matt jumped out of the car and said, I'd like to offer Lily a job. And I was like, yeah, fucking oath, man, that'd be awesome. Uh, so Matt uh, offered Lily a job and she ended up working there full time for a number of years. And um, Swifty was one of the sort of first guys in Australia to open uh, CrossFit boxes. So he was really connected with the, uh, the people that run the company in the States. And um, uh, through, through Matt, Lil met all of the Yanks and she's uh she's now one of well she's one of australia's senior trainers so she's a higher qualified trainer than anyone else you know getting around she teaches people how to be crossfit trainers so if you want to get a level one level two certification or anything like that lily will be the woman that teaches you in the in the seminars the certificates so like when i went to my course lily coached me on how to do it yeah okay yeah so So, lily your wife yeah, yeah yeah So yeah, so now she's you know like she commentates the CrossFit CrossFit Games, um, yeah right, and all that sort of thing. So, and, yeah. and so that's a pain for you because she pushes you past your comfort. No, nah, not at all. It's a pain for me because I thought I was going to be a star, and, <laughs> and, now, and now she's a star. Well, it's it's just a pain for me because it's hard for you, you know the most significant person in your life to be better at what you like. Than, than <laughs> and, so. and your dad, you've got two people there. Yeah, well, I'm fucking <laughs> oath. I'm cursed, man. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, I joined the army as a private soldier, and you know, like you're still uh, private. Well, yeah. Well, I was I was a digger, which is you know what soldiers call a private soldier and I was, I was a digger while my uh, father was a lieutenant general and chief of the defence force so like at the very bottom and at the very top we were represented so yeah there's always been a shadow for me to live under and uh, Lil's, Lil's a current one yeah but I reckon it's interesting like waiting so, for my son to fucking make it big in Hollywood uh, so. yeah. <laughs> and that's it yeah. so, so so like you you, like you refer to it as the myth of um, feminine Insecurity, or of just the myth of feminine feminine weakness. Yeah. yeah. So I reckon I reckon you should use that as your title because I reckon that's an awesome quote. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, yeah but, but it's interesting because in this world, I mean, this is something I've only just become used to because you just have this thing that okay, women do things in a weaker way, and you sort of then you see someone who sort of breaks that mold, and you think, wow, that's really amazing. Like I've never seen that before. You know, in outside life, you think, okay. The blokes were supposed to be stronger, and then they suddenly they push harder, um, and that's why I asked, like, what do your spouses do? Because that's something I only just become aware of. You know, like some women really do push hard, and I thought, wow, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And like to me, it's, it's you know quite appealing. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, and that's just that doesn't just go for physicality either. You know, like uh, fuck, look at Europe. Yeah, like, like to me, it's like, a, kind of a character thing. It's like you yeah. know they can. Like, they're not kind of apologizing for themselves. They're sort of, they're pushing past. So it's not just a physical thing. They're just saying, no, I'm going to do this. And you, that's your bag? You find that attractive? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. But, but freaks me the fuck out. Yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but, yeah, but, but, but like, it's interesting because it's only been kind of a new revelation of yeah, yeah, yeah. do that. Because yeah. usually it's just used to, oh, yeah, I'll do nothing, you know? I'll, yeah, I'll I kind of like, like that if it, if, it, if it ends up meaning that, you know, they do a lot of the hard stuff and I don't have to. <laughs> like Lily. Like more mowing and stuff. Yeah. Like oh, no, I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. No, no, I mean, like, uh, like Lily's, you know, uh, she's the one that, really is the engine of the our business you know yeah. despite being like you know the respected sort of coach and everything like that uh and, and you know a good athlete and all that sort of stuff she's she's never in the trenches doing the doing the coaching at the gym that's always me because yeah. i find that easy yeah, yeah. Uh, and i like it you know i like just developing the relationships and all that sort of thing with you know people day to day uh lil like is you know it, it, essentially to just be that not have fucking five dudes at the gym every arvo if, if it hadn't been for the background stuff the you know the, the you'd, be, you'd be training under your house you wouldn't be yeah exactly <laughs> man it'd be yeah i'd just be it'd just be backyard stuff if if lil wasn't the motivator you know like um all of the things that make a community and a gym run well are like you know just little one percent of things put into place yeah definitely that i would fucking ignore yeah yeah you know um you know just, just enough toilet paper and soap and all that sort of so stuff it, you know, so like, it seems like the you know the one-to-one stuff you like but she's good at seeing the big picture like oh yeah, like yeah, the yeah. no i mean you can see that like and it was always going to be the way you know i was, I was always going to be you know sort of off on a whatever was the path of least resistance for me mm. uh okay. she was she was always going to be the you know the, the, the one big that picture was girl bring home the bacon yeah yeah and it's like you know maybe i always think you know the analogy of like growing up with a dad like mine you know seeing a, someone who's really ambitious and you know, moving to the top made me made it really easy to identify a, a girl like that that could look after me my whole life. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty. Why easy. not? Yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah, if you're able to, like, I think they call it pimping in the states. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so what else? Um, can, can I answer your first one? Yeah. You originally asked. You were like, "What? What um, makes you guys train under Phil?" And what yeah, you yeah, like yeah, about yeah. It? yeah. So for me, I think it's the way he he's like. What attracts me to train and under Phil is his immense amount of knowledge and the way he can convey that to me. So yeah, yeah. he can sort of look at me doing something and go, and because he's developed a rapport with me, he can go, look, you're being a fucking dickhead. Just do this, this and this. And it makes sense, you know, like, which I think is a very hard hurdle to get over. Yeah, to yeah. be able to get your point across to someone that in, in terms that they can understand so they can move forward. Okay. You know, I think that's a big thing for me. Yeah. So, so let's say um, you turned up and you're feeling really negative. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how could Phil kind of pull that? You know, like like pull that mood out of you so that you kind of are more positive and you you go forward stronger. I don't know. I think he probably leaves that up to you getting. But but I mean, the, is there sometimes you turn up and you just. Oh, Sometimes be- sometimes on those days the best thing you can do is just go, Hey man. Yeah. How you doing? Have 100%. a chat. And then walk to the other side yeah. of the room. Because you know? I don't think you ever walk in there in a shitty mood and, and look for someone to take that yeah. away. I think you just go in there to grind it out yeah. and sort it out yourself. But, but but is there sometimes well, I know myself, like there's some people like it's just not gonna happen. But there's some other people who are like, no matter how fucked I feel, they kinda of pull it. They, they pull me forward. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, don't, I don't think Phil tries to play that role. 
I think it's it's like kind of left you? up to you to grind it out. And I, like, I just like, see like, that like no matter this, what mood I'm in, I'm going to go in there because after the workout, I'm going to feel different to what yeah, I did yeah. at the start. Yeah, that's, yeah, but, that's but, it. Yeah, but is that distinct to Phil or like, like, like basically if there was other people... No, nah, it's oh, just the product, man. I think, yeah, it's he's provided that environment. Yeah, it's yeah. just that it's, it's just that environment. But like sometimes before a workout, I'll walk into the gym and I won't talk to people that I don't make an effort to talk to if i'm not just chatting normally you know like there's some people i make an effort to talk to yeah yeah you know but if i'm in a shit mood i just won't fucking talk to them <laughs> you know but once we get into the workout and if it's phil there or usually any of the coaches i you know all the coaches i respect but it's like if it feels there or something i'll usually train a bit harder <laughs> yeah, yeah and um and then at the end of that workout i'll feel a lot better than i did at the start but that's you know that's just endorphins and stuff you know like but i'll know that if i'm feeling shit, go fucking work out so okay. i feel yeah, better but, at the end but i mean if like if peter was the coach i'd my cousin peter, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but he's got no he's got and no, i would never go to he's got gym. no knowledge I'd shoot and he's myself got no substance <laughs> okay but, but if to, peter was at the same gym instead of feel like phil was sick yes like, like, what is it about Phil that brings you out better? Well, like I said before, is because it's it's when when Phil's down there, I'm gonna uh, I usually train harder because I know that I know that he's he's also I know that he's watching me, you yeah, know, yeah. and I know I also know that he's he's put himself through all the okay. workouts we're doing. He's put himself through that shit, and is he's tried, that, and he's and he's smashed himself just okay. as hard as we so are. In other words, he walks he walks his talk. Okay. Yeah, that's right, and there's and that's that's what I relate to the yeah. best. And there's other coaches down there where, not not everyone everyone at CrossFit Mitch is a good coach, but I'm saying there's other coaches where I'm like, yeah, but I'm kind of probably working harder than you are at your 100. percent Exactly. You know, like that's exactly. what the way that I feel, and exactly. where I feel it's different yeah, because so. I kind of feel like if I was teaching you CrossFit, even if I knew the knowledge, yeah. You wouldn't respect me as much as Phil, and and like like I'm okay with if that. If you just knew the knowledge, yeah, yeah, because yeah, basically, yeah, no. like he's bigger than me, he's fitter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I knew your background too, <laughs> so I know, I'll know your background <laughs> no, too. Oh man, it's it's not that. You know, I know, but like, like, like that's fine. It's fine, too, that, it's fine that's, for me, but I reckon that's that too hard a thing to live up to. If you if you know you're saying like to coach someone, you got to be better than them, you know, or fitter than them, or have done, you know, gone as hard as they have, you know. Like oh, I instantly see like a guy like Christian's got. Uh, a level of push like harder than harder than mine you know yeah, i've yeah. seen that a million times you know i've worked out that he's crushed or whatever I, but you know what what i can draw from is you know i've tried to do what he's done you know i know how, kind of how it feels um i know what it feels like to push pretty hard even though i might not get the same results i might not be as sort of faster runner or whatever it is as christian yeah yeah so i might okay. i might look at um you know look at sort of my experience and also my experience and how many different people I've seen train and how many different people I've like motivated over the years. So it's, it's past, you know, knowledge and all that sort of stuff, but it's also experience. And you don't just draw from your gym experience. You draw from your soldiering experience, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, like I still say, like the, the men, the, some of the toughest, you know, mentally toughest people I know are, are, are soldiers, you know, and, and like, Sometimes it's easy to say, like, I see a mentally tough kid that could be pushing a little bit harder, you know, or something like that. And it's easy to draw from because I've seen, you know, a couple of my best friends who are, you know, troopers in the SAS. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I know what they I know what they do, how hard they push and how much, you know, how much they motivate themselves, you know, only on their own, you know, only on their, you know, internal ambitions. You can just sort of relate that in a weird way to other people, you know, like as athletic as they might be or, as, you know, even if they're better than me, I might say, well, you know, 
yeah, but you ha- you're not as good as you could be yet, and you can you know you can say that because you can see that there's still further that so, they can so go. So would would you say Christian is better than you? Uh, well, some stuff, yeah, yeah. Know. He's better looking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, yeah, no, I mean, definitely, you know, he's, he's a way better footy player than I ever was. Um, I know, but like in terms yeah. of CrossFit stuff. Ah, uh, well, you know, like like I said with CrossFit, you know, everyone gets into it, and they're they're um, they've got different strengths and different weaknesses, you know. Yeah. Um, so you know, he's got cardio, respiratory, endurance. He's got. Uh, coordination, accuracy, balance. He's um, he's, he's got uh, good aerobic capacity. Um, you know, uh, for his size, he's strong. He's he's fast, yeah, he's all that strong, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm fucking heavier than him, so I'll, I'll always lift heavier weight. Yeah. So you know, but, but you're also taller, aren't you? Yeah, but I mean that you know. So like, when it comes to and pulling your deadlift, on it, like it, it it just it's just not fair on him if if yeah, we yeah. were competing in that. Yeah. You know, so. You know, is he better than me at most stuff? <laughs> well, to yeah. me, like if you're like to me, it's about your strength to weight ratio, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. So. I mean, as you know, there's there's it's it's competitive in in a sort of a healthy way mm. down there. But like you know, I, I don't I don't get sad when you know someone like Christian fucking flogs me by three minutes in a in a in a you know long workout yeah uh, or, or 10 minutes or whatever the fuck he beats me by yeah, yeah i don't get sad you know i try to look on the bright side of like you know i, I did my Incentive. best i did my best in that one yeah you know but the same thing you don't want to dwell on 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 the negatives do you, you don't want to sit there and go oh but I, you know, he's faster than me because he's little <laughs> you, know, you know fuck that you know yeah, i'm yeah. just gonna i know that there's some workouts who'll crush me there's other workouts i'll have a leg up and that goes for everyone. And Brenton and I are probably more similar as athletes, you know. So it would be probably a better thing for me to sort of go, all right, Brenton did this in the workout. I might try and in, in be terms that. of your fitness and strength. Yeah, fitness and strength and that sort of stuff. I, I'd be I'd be looking. Okay, so Brenton did it in this time, uh, and this was the context of the workout. I'll, I'll like try and get close to that or better than that. Yeah. You know, and, and he would do the same with people more physically like him. Um, and, and Christian is sort of go for the guys with, you know, good lungs, you know, so he knows. Oh, he, so Christian's more aerobic. Oh, uh, like, the, it's, yeah. yeah it's, there's a guy down there now, Damo, and um, he's probably, he's probably about the same, he's big, bit more built than me, but he's probably about the same size as I should be. And so I look at him as something. Oh, he's bigger. Oh, just because he, he works harder, you know, so I look at him as something that I can chase now. So it's good because he's about the same, like, the same proportion. See, so there's so much to think about. So age, he's same height. And more muscle? Yeah, close enough, yeah. 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 And, and I like, try and stick to comparing myself to the 46-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> He's like my ultimate goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring it on, brother. <laughs> yeah. oh, he'll be hard to beat, man. Yeah. He's a monster. I've just got two more questions, and we, and, and we can always cut <laughs> this out. Right? Yeah, see. Um, okay, I've just forgotten now. Um, okay, so... My, I can't remember my first question, but but let's say like I'm so Christian's way better than me at something, and I'm being a pussy in the background. Yeah, so, <laughs> so compared to everyone, because <laughs> yeah. you're the ultimate human, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're, you're good. Yeah. So so how do you like? Let's say I'm sookie. Like, how do you relate to me to bring out the best in me? Uh, well, you know, that's a it's kind of a, a, a tough question. You know, it depends on the task. Yeah. Uh, it depends on, you know... Because the reason I ask this, because to me, my experience of this last three years, is that matters a real lot. Like, the personality of the trainer, like, can mean the difference between you giving it all up 
yeah. and you continuing. And, and basically, these guys raved about you two weeks ago. Oh, hypotheticals. Hypotheticals. So, basically, there must be something you're doing right. No, I was just thinking, like, in terms of hypotheticals, if you were, you know, like, a, you know, so you're in the corner squatting, is that is that what we're doing? Yeah, like, and I've been a girl, I'm thinking, oh, I want to go home and do my makeup or, so so let's say, let's say, all right, in, in, the, in the context, in the context that, like, if I've shown you how to squat and you're doing it well and you look, you know, like you've got a really strong, solid squat and I've briefed at the start of the workout that we're going to work heavy today and we're going to push to a five rep max and you're settling in at a neat looking 40 kilograms when it's clear, (laughs) when it's clear you could be squatting a hundred kilograms without losing that good technique, but having to push pretty hard to do it. I just fucking go up to you and tell you to do it. And, and what if I'm kind of like a whiny kind of personality who just like, like basically all I do is like go to coffee shop with the girls and talk about some bullshit. Have you have you heard about the Stockton slap? <laughs> yeah, no, look, I, you know, I, I just say, look, uh, well, I mean, you know, if if that came up, if you turned and said, oh, but I'm just thinking about going to the coffee shop with girls, I'd blink a couple of times and say, what the fuck? Yeah. But uh, I, I, you know, so, well, in, so in the context, you... of, in the context of like, how would I get you to squat what I wanted you to squat? I'd yeah. tell you to squat what I wanted you to squat. Yeah, but but like, say if I was a wussy kind of like, oh. Who, who really gives a fuck? I tell you to trust me, do it. Like, I'm trying to lose some fat off here, you know. Uh, look, uh, man, I've had all those people. I've had yeah. all those people. And, and yeah, but, but, but do you have to come come around it with a different angle? No, that is, that, that's my bat cave, man. It's it's like, I, you know, the gym is the gym is like, is the way it is because I, I ultimately put it there. You know, like, um, okay, you know. So, so basically people come in, they've got, just got to put up with this is... This, this is the world according to Phil. Yep. Well, as soon as, like, seriously, you could be at our, If you're at our gym for two weeks, you'll know what it feels like. You yeah, know? yeah. So, so, that, so get it's, over it. It's, yeah, it's up to them. Yeah, that's what I think. Like, yeah. So, so, so basically, if they can't resonate with who you are... Oh, yeah. Like, it, but that's capitalism, man. You know, like, that's, it's a, this isn't a franchise. It, you know, like, it, it's... I'm not, so, I don't, so, it's, so, it's not yeah. F45. Yeah. So, 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 so basically, you're not trying to be all things to all people. It's just like, this is Phil... That's yeah, it. absolutely. It's like you want to get super fit. I can help. Yeah. If you, um, you know, if you want a friendly environment, it's here. Uh-huh. If you want, um, you know, if you want good equipment, you know, expertise, you know, from different angles, from different coaches. Um, if you want uh, a good coach to athlete ratio and good technical advice when you're doing this stuff, you're in the right spot. Yeah. If you're a, um, someone that's not into that, I'm not going to fucking sell you on it. Yeah. It's it's not it's not there. I'm not a marketing guy. I'm not out there trying to get multitudes of people in. What I want to do is have a gym that, you know, like all gyms, all fitness industry endeavors are going to have, you know, a lot of people will go through. I've had thousands of people go through CrossFit Mitchelton. Um, what happens a lot is you get people that try it they do it for a little bit. Like more often than not, the, the, the template is someone that comes in for just a, uh, joins up, pays a couple of months um, and turns up once or twice in that month, uh, then once in the next month and then goes a month without coming and then you forget who the fuck they are because you never really met them and then you get an email later on saying, can you suspend my membership? And you're like, who the fuck was that? What I want and are what we average. This, this is what happens for the most part. This wow. is what happens. Like, you know, I'm talking more people than not will do that. 
Yeah. And I'm talking, we've had, like, I'm talking, we get thousands of people doing that. So they give us money for a few months and we don't get to know them. We don't know anything about them. We don't get a chance because they don't come in. Wow. What happens largely is, is when people come in, you get, you know, and there are different tiers and levels of this, but you get people that'll come in and they'll be doing uh, a good solid six months. Uh, and at, that, at the end of that six months, they, they, you know, these are quite often the people who I want to be really good at CrossFit. And they give a hard six months and then they're fucking out. Right? And, you, you know, you, you, some people do that for a year. Some people, you know, like the people that say they've got these lofty goals but aren't willing to put in into the work that it takes to get there, they tend to disappear. What I want and what we get and what we're getting more and more of, and that happens not fast but in like small progressions, is people that just like fucking training. And, and they come in a lot and they keep coming in and they keep coming in and you have them for years. And what you, what you, you know, to initially it might be 20 people. You get a core of 20 people that will always come and you can trust and, and you know, and they're like, they become your mates and then, you know, they're just, they're just the people that you see every day. And, and so, you know, for a year that might be 20, you might get it up to 22, 23, 24, something like that. The next year it'll expand to like 30 odd. The next year, it'll, you know, it'll expand to maybe, you know, 38, 39. You know what I mean? That, that core group of people that come all the time. And it takes years and years to get that built up. Mm. Eventually, what you want is a big fuck-off gym, you know, with 130 members like that. Mm. And then you can have all of these fringe-dwelling ass flies, you know, <laughs> Whatever. You know that, that say they want to be <laughs> say they want to be CrossFitters, but it doesn't matter because you've got 130 yeah, yeah. people who are training hard, mm. getting as fit as they can be, having good fun, you're comfortable with them, and the gym's got a great vibe, yeah. and everyone likes it, and, mm. and you know, like, who cares about the others? Yeah, and those yeah. people are kind of part of your family, aren't they? They're and, they're, and, they're the, and, they're the, and they're the proof that what you're doing is, is worthwhile, because, mm. you know, they're the ones that get fit. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, who cares about anyone but them? Because, you know, I, like you do care about anyone. That you, There's a duty of care to anyone that comes through the door. But if they don't, you know, if they don't stay in your life, they're people that have like consciously left your life. Mm. So why, why, why waste the time caring about them unless they're the people that are always there, that are continually coming back? So it's quite interesting. The average person is just like, oh, come in, do nothing, piss off. Like, so that, so you're saying that's normal. I'm not saying the average person. Like, I don't think there's such thing as the average person. Everyone's got their own foibles and quirks and, you know, um, But you're saying a lot of people do that? Yeah, a lot of people, yeah. And it's yeah. just like, it's just not for them. Other, you know, you get a lot of people that like, I mean, a lot of people, not actually not that many really compared to other CrossFit boxes, but yet some that come to the gym and then you're like, yeah, they're all right. They're pretty cool. They seem, seem okay. They like the training. And then they fuck off to another CrossFit box somewhere else mm. and appear there and you're like, oh, fuck those guys. Mm. You know, you feel a little bit like, what the, you know, it's just like a a girl that you were dating that sort of you know disappeared and turned up you know dating another guy. You know, <laughs> fuck, what did he? What's he got? I don't know. Yeah, that kind of thing. But yeah. like when it all comes down to it, like it, it, the only people that really matter are the people that really like your gym because you know you really like them and you really get them fit. Yeah, and that's that. Yeah. So another thing we talked about um, a couple of weeks ago was that basically like Brento and I are saying that um. <laughs> It's a, it's a quality name, so fuck off. <laughs> was that we both had the experience that once we got fit, we wanted to change all the stuff in our lives. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just wonder, have you seen that with your clients? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, there are some, like, really annoying fuckers that, you know, stick to a vegetarian diet and things like that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Scotty way. Yeah. But uh, look, yeah, like there are, there are, you know, yeah, I mean, there are, there are plenty of people that, you know, just immerse themselves in the culture of, like, it starts with immersing themselves in the culture of CrossFit. Mm. I think that's kind of phony. You know, like any tribe, like any culture, you know, like if you're, okay, so if you're a fucking try-hard surfer, okay, if you're like someone who's just like, you'll just go to City Beach and you'll fucking get your billabong, you get a, you know, the, the right kind of seasonal beanie or whatever and, you know, Ugg boots and you get a you get a stick and, you know, it'll be the fucking hottest stick of the year. You put some gorilla grip on it and, you know, you go surfing fucking once a week or whatever, all right? But if you're a, if you're a, um, a surfer from, you know, <clears throat> Cronulla and you surf the same beach at Cronulla other than when you're, you know, occasionally looking for a different break, but if you're, or, or, you know, somewhere on the Gold Coast or the Sunshine Coast and you're at that beach every day, you're not wearing Billabong. You know, it's just like, a, uh, you know, it's the same within CrossFit. Like, if you're in a part of a gym, you know, just like someone that's a part of a tribe, part of a surf tribe at a, at a certain beach, you dress in the fucking clothes and your culture is an expression of the people that you see every day. And I think like CrossFit Michi or any good gym We'll have a good culture. I mean, we got a fucking, we got a, a, a our own clothing label, man. These boys have got, <laughs> you know, a, a clothing label that our gym, you know, subsists on. They love it, you know, like oh, almost so- like of, of all the, you know, we talk about those core members. You know, you, you go in at almost any sort of weekend class at CrossFit Michi. And people are decked from head to toe in overexertion. You know, and you're really, wearing, yeah, and you're wearing the same shirt as other people. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, but it's oh, yeah, I'll be their biggest customers for sure. Wow, yeah. awesome. Uh, it's, you know, so, that's, so, so why is that? Because they respect you as a and, athlete. Oh no, do, oh, and also because they just they're mates with me and Brenton. I think it's they? just because they recognise a the quality program. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. true. It's just a yeah. fucking shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you know, like they, they just it's just the culture. It's just the culture of the place. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a okay. weird kind of mix of. Of, uh, like almost a, a footy club culture with a with a um, which because it is at a footy club, so you know it's just a mix of you know good good sort of neighbourhood people, okay. you know, and it creates a little bit of neighbourhood you know and 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 area pride too you know girls like Kevy Adset and you know like yeah you know, just just good fucking humble normal people that that like to get fucked up. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen Kevy in ages. Yeah, he's around. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Earlys, yeah, yeah, yeah. The earlys never see the afternoons. So. Yeah. Oh, evening on early. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, what's the time? It's, uh, it's nearly eleven o'clock. Oh. You, did, did, did you get all your questions out of the bag, mate? All good, Jeremy. <laughs> no, I'm not all good. Are you no, sorry? it's fine. All right. Sweet. Awesome. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> you guys wanted to do something? Yeah, no, we're all good. You have to edit the shit out of this. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're good, man. It's gonna take we'll, it's gonna take four weekends to do this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, like always, Jeremy Big Dick Williams is gonna play us out <laughs> with his fucking guitar. Uh, so Are like, you able to not include penis comments? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just the, taking us oh, out is Jeremy Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I, look, I, I guess real, it's, real I guess enthusiastic, it's, mate. <laughs> I, I guess light bulb changer. He can change the light bulb.
where the tension You think you're cool, you think you're crude, you haven't listened to the tension.